Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed. Well, somebody be able to share the out the Facebook the feed too to the uh, Coco Group, and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, okay. or subsidiaries. Open minds encouraged. Sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments Did it go to the right, made, uh, I'm a coconut page this time, or Cocoa Talk page this time? Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS-80 Color Looks like Baseball, it, yeah. And you're listening to Cocoa Talk. Streamed it to the right place for once. Yes, yes, yes. Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks and let's rock. Cocoa Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Cocoa Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Coco Talk, episode 130, the only live talk show that each and every week brings you nothing but Coco Talking. Are we ready to do some Coco Talking today, boys and girls? Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tiny flame alive. We may be mocked, but we will never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right, we're here. The panel is assembled. The audience is here. We've got people watching us live already out there in the live chat. We've got Rob Ianman and Mark Overholzer and Tim Franklin and Curtis Boyle and Terry Steen is out there and Nick Morota and Al Hartman. So, yeah, we got people in the live chat already and we've got the panel is here. We are live. We're on the air. We are Coco Talk. We're going to be talking Coco. With us on the panel, as always, is our resident Apple guy, uh, part-time jeweler and, and coal miner, uh, Mr. Mark D. Overholzer. How are you doing there, Marky? Hey, glad to be here this week. We're glad to have you. Also, another guy named Mark, but not to be confused, but our backup stream guy and sharp-dressed man, Mark Bosley, is with us. Hello, Mark. Hey, hello. How you doing? Really, really good. From sunny Arizona, Ron Delvaux. Hi, folks. Carrying his MC-10. Look at that. All right. Showing some MC-10 love. MC-10, the ukulele of the computing world. Uh, (laughs) And a dragon, too. All right. And from O Canada, L Curtis Boyle's with us. Good day, and uh, how's it going? eh? There will be a lot of dragon stuff on the news this week. A lot of dragon games, I should say. So we get to see some stuff a lot of people over here in North America have not seen before. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Uh, Hopefully, that segment will not be dragging on too long, though, Curtis. Mm -hmm. It might. <sighs> on, 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 on. Drag on. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Yes, face palm. Yes, that was a face palm. Intentional face palm. Uh, a guy who does not need to put a palm on his face because it's so damn pretty. It's Nick Moroda. How are you oh, doing thank today? Thank you. Thank I got some work done this week. So. <laughs> ah, from somewhere in Texas, we got Joe Burnett. How are you doing there, Joe? Good. How are y'all doing? 
Good. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you. From Australia, neighbor of Nick Morentes. He's living in the Matrix, I think, too. It's David O'Connor. How are you? I'm good. How you doing, Stevie? I'm doing good, mate. Good eye. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, my eyes are a little green today. I'm experimenting with a... Uh something I'll mention in the show about some green screens. Well, the, from the way you look, you remind me of things I've experimented with and as well that changed the way I saw the world. So, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Speaking of changing the world, Chet Simpson's with us this afternoon. How are you doing there, Chet, from Vegas? Oh, I, am, I am doing fantastic. How are you all doing? We're doing fabulous. And, uh, Sweet. The guy who takes live streaming and elevators to new depths, it's Grant Leedy. Hey, how's it going, everybody? The Internet's own Grant Lady, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got from Boyson Technologies, keeping the Tandy Flame alive at a dumpster near you. It's Richard Lorbieski. Hey, hello. I'm. St- uh, you know, I, I've been working on my people skills, and it's improving, but too bad the show hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. What a shame. No, you can't expect miracles. No. <laughs> All right. We have from somewhere in Ohio, it is Jason, the Coco Man. Reichert is with us. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello. Uh, remember, Coco Talk. Prices may be slightly higher in Alaska, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico. Attack, attack, and title not included. Uh, and right now, hopefully last, but certainly not least, we're not even hopefully last, but last at the moment, certainly not least, Mr. John Strong from Strongware has just joined us. Hello, John. Welcome to the program. Can't or not. All right, he's muted. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, we are. Let's just do this. We will later on. We'll get into project updates and acquisitions and blah 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 and all that crap. Um, but um, we're going to jump into a segment because Chet Simpson um, says he's got some stuff to share with us and a few things to update us on. So we're going to do a uh, a game on segment and 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 we haven't done a game on segment in a while but we do have a really nice intro graphic in an intro thing so we're going to do that and then we're going to hear what chet has to say who the hell is making all that damn noise back there for the love of freaking pete all right get off my lawn (laughs) all right <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're gonna start a uh, we're gonna start a game on intro, and then we're gonna jump in here. Here we go. Check this out. Courtesy of Nick Marionettes. All right, everybody. It's time for Game On. That segment where we talk about gaming type stuff. Today, Chet Simpson's gonna let us know what he's been up to. He's been a busy boy, from what we hear. Take it away, Chet Simpson. Awesome, thank you, thank you. Uh, glad to be back. Yeah, I've been uh, been away from the community, been uh, dealing with work and a lot of uh, other things. Uh, so, haven't had a lot of time to work on the cocoa until uh, until recently. Now that uh, I've got a lot of free time, I've been able to concentrate on it. So, I've been uh, you know back to work on uh, on Digger Three and the, uh, the uh, as well as the the next generation uh, engine. And that's uh, th- that. All of that work has, has produced uh, quite a bit of uh, of other artifact, you know, things like you know map uh, conversions and all that. that I've tried to uh, uh, to share with the community, and I've got some updates for uh for some of those projects for things that i've been working on things that i'll be uh releasing here in the in the near future uh, probably within the next couple of weeks uh uh although uh, you know of course that will be uh you know based on on my free time um so one of those things that that i've been working on is uh vgm playback and that is uh, video game music files 
And that's something that is uh, really key for for Digger and, and getting that into the, the the new engine in order to support that because it allows us to uh, reduce the amount of time that's spent for generating sound, so we can rely on the sound chips rather than using the DAC or or something else. And that that can actually free up a considerable amount of CPU time for for working on games. So getting that out and getting that up uh, up and running has been uh, you know a key thing. There's there's some other projects out there that uh, that can benefit uh, from that. And I've I've got some requests from from uh, from people on that. So hopefully this will 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 help people because it. It's going to support the, uh, uh, you know, off the bat, it'll support the the, the Game Master uh, cartridge and as well as the uh, the Symphony 12 and the Full Harmonic 12 uh, uh, sound cards uh, that are uh, that are available out there or, or will be available out there. Um, and one of the key things, particularly about the Symphony 12 and the Full Harmonic 12 with this with, with this setup, is, is that a lot of the the video game music files that are created out there come from arcade games. So that it's it's just recording all of the the data that goes out to the sound chips, and all you're doing is is really playing it back. So you'll get a lot of uh, video games that have uh, dual chip um, sound, so you'll uh, so there's actually some some sound files out there that you can use to support things like the Symphony 12 and the Full Harmonic 12 already uh, fr from some of those platforms. I think it'll be really interesting to to see where some of that stuff goes and and getting some of that out there. And of course, that uh, uh, you know, both just for uh, you know, uh, real Cocos as well as emulation, um, that some of the things that have come out come out of that for me. Uh, uh, testing it um, is emulation in VCC for both the uh, the Game Master cartridge and, and now we're also working on the Philharmonic 12 and the Symphony 12 emulation for that. So that should be available. Um, I'm hoping for, for both 1.44 and version 2.0 uh, or one, uh, the 1X series and the 2.X uh, series of VCC. I should have support in there in the next couple of weeks uh, finish for both of those. Um, so and you know going into that you know some of the other things that I've been uh, working on with with, with Digger is uh, in conjunction with the, the map converter uh, tools that I've uh, that I published last year and getting uh, some of the updates for those now pushed out some updates recently I'll be pushing out some more and what uh, some of these updates will allow you to do is to actually define how your game maps are exported from that tool so that you can uh, create your custom loader any way that you want so it'll map in fact you can actually take this uh, tool with the right definition you could create a new uh, set of uh, maps for say super pitfall uh, or for uh, crystal city or for any of the games out there as long as you know how the maps themselves are, are generated so this is really a tool not just for for game developers if you want to actually go in and modify an existing game you could use that for this um, and of course I'll be pushing out uh, some uh, uh, configuration and all of the specs that will allow people to uh, to create their own uh, levels for digger 3 uh, uh, on the next update that I'll be pushing out, not only will we be able to create the maps, you'll be able to replace the tile set and define how they actually interact with the game. So if you want a particular tile to be death, you can make it. Uh, you can make it anything that you want. You can you can actually make your own game as long as you know you're okay with the uh, with the game rules there. Um, so there'll be some things like that that'll be uh, that'll be releasing uh, uh, here in the next couple of weeks to help some of the game developers out there and some of the efforts. I know that there's been uh, uh, you know quite a few games that have been uh, worked on off and on over the last couple of years that people have been, uh, uh, you know having a need for tools so hopefully this will fill some of the some of the gap for that and i'll also be including some uh some example code uh for loading that i'll be uh releasing the uh, some of the code that i use for loading uh all of the maps into digger uh that generates you know supports the multiple layers the overlays the the different objects and and loading all of that in there and it's all completely customized from a particular from a, a definition file that you give to the uh, to the map converter so hopefully those tools will, will uh, once they get uh, once they get released will help some of the uh, the, the developers that are uh, out there trying to get some of us their uh, their projects started and are having trouble with the with you know lack of those particular tools um, 
so I'll have some updates for that, uh, 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 along with uh, uh, some of the artifacts, uh, other artifacts that have been produced uh, from this. And one of the things that I'm actually working on in the last couple of weeks um, in my spare time outside of, uh, you know, working on the Cocoa stuff, you know, just traveling or whatever, um, is some of the documentation that has been generated from this. And I think this is key because I've taken an examination of all of the different um, optimization te techniques on both the 6809 and the 6309 uh, for, for uh not just generating things like compiled sprites, but rendering uh, them, dealing with the different resolutions, the the uh, the shearing that you get with the virtual modes, um, and some of the other uh, items like you know. How what is the most efficient way to to render your edges if you have to do four way scrolling? Because if you look at most of the games, one of the things that I did in, in when I started this was I took a look at some of the existing games um, and what different scrolling techniques, how they draw the screen, and, and all of that, and took a, a really good comparison. So I've got about sixty or seventy pages worth of documentation and about another twenty in just handwritten notes that I want to put together and, and get out there and, and somehow. So over the next few months, probably up up until you know, Lydia, up until uh, uh, the Cocoa Fest, I will be. Uh, uh, working on that, hopefully uh, trickling some of that information out so uh, that you know you're not so uh, stuck in because there's a lot of things that you can that you don't think about when you start working on these games. A lot of the things that I ran into uh, with Digger Three and all the problems, all the things that I'm correcting uh, now for some of the future releases uh, have, have actually taught me a lot. I want to share some of that information and, and get some of that. Uh, all of that information out there that uh, that people can actually utilize to, to create their games, not just now, but you know, five or six years when somebody you know picks up and wants to do something, they they can have that. Not just the technical information there, but how to actually approach doing some of these types of games. Wow! So that's so that's <laughs> and that's that's really about it. Uh, I, I think my my, my last uh, my last thing is is you know I wanted to do. You know, I've been thinking about the the uh, you know the Coco Fest you know coming up and and particularly uh, you know I I went to several of the Rainbow Fests back in the day and you know one of the things that always excited me about you know the, the different aspects of, of you know, Rainbow and particularly the the Rainbow Fest was the Adventure Game Contest and you know they. they this was going back to I think uh, eighty two July of eighty two uh, you know, with Rainbow when they started this and they continued that tradition. I wanted to kind of you know do so, so I'm going to sponsor a uh, an adventure game contest uh, you know geared more towards the you know for the, the, the upcoming Cocoa Fest and I'll have uh, details uh, along with deadlines, prizes, and all of that out uh, available next week. Um, you know there'll be uh, two categories: text and graphics, and you know, of course the details for those will be uh, be out there uh, next week as well. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> you got a lot on your plate. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff was, you know, uh, things that I'd, uh, you know, uh, almost finished up uh, when I uh, when I had, uh, uh, you know, put more time to, to work. Uh, so now I'm getting a, a chance to, to, you know, clean some of it up, finish it up and get back to it and get some of it released. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll help somebody. So are you actually planning to attend the Cocoa Fest yourself? Um, I am. Uh, I'm planning on it. I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to. I'm looking at uh, what it's going to take to get out there uh, around that time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, there's a very good possibility that I will be there. Cool. And then I have one question on the sound stuff. Uh, you're mm -hmm. supporting the Symphony Philharmonic 12. Are you supporting stereo on those devices as well? Yes. So you'll be able to pan sound effects left to right depending on... Yeah, as long as the, I mean, and that's a, that, that's why I was looking at you know, a lot of the arcade games because that's that was the, one of the reasons why they used dual chips was to to get some stereo effects in them. So some of the some of the sound files that I've come across do are supposed to do that. I don't I don't actually have one. I won't be able to to test it until I get a uh, you know until I can get a physical uh, uh, one. But uh, as far as I know, it will be supported. I mean, it, it's it's really up to how you send the, the data to the sound chips. All you're doing is changing the volume on one and or on both of them, you know, increasing it on one and, and decreasing it on the other. 
That's a lot to take in. So I want to kind of just recap a few of the things you said. So you're obviously you're working on your software. In the process of working on your software, you're going to be coming up with a lot of tools to help mm-hmm. other people, um, and and then creating documentation that will help you know either current or future game designers have you know kind of a fast track to not having to learn how to build it from scratch and a lot of routines. That I mean, this all sounds amazing. And then you said you're adding some audio support for VCC that's currently not there. So you're, we're adding um, support to emulate the Game Master cartridge to VCC. That That's one of the things you said? And oh, the, the, the Game Master cartridge is actually already supported there. There's just, there was a few tweaks that needed to be done in order to finish that off. But the Philharmonic okay. 12 and the Symphony 12, that's, that's new. Okay. Okay. So this uh, and and so this is great for people who either don't have a Coco or they want to develop and test and they want to test it on a few different emulators too, right? So right, right. Because um, again, one of the barriers is hey, I'm going to develop this cool game. It's going to support this cool sound card. Well, not everybody's going to necessarily get the sound card, and shame on you for not getting it. But if you don't, you can run it in an emulator. Um, right. Yeah, man, that's me. You got a lot in your head and you got a lot going on. It's going to be great to see some of this. Um, I love the idea of of contests for Rainbow Fest. I think this year we really need to kick it up a notch and get a lot of people together to come up with ideas on things like Curtis was suggesting. We've had a few of these conversations on Discord. This is, you know, this is the 40th anniversary of the Coco and we want this Coco Fest to just to have, you know, to be the best Coco Fest yet ever. Um so that's that's cool. That contest is kind of a cool idea. There have been other programming contests like Ten Liners mm-hmm. or 4K. Um, I think the, the Adventure Game Contest is a great idea. Um, you had mentioned and we were talking about the idea of vendors having swag. We're going to uh-huh. try to um, – uh, Coco Talk is going to try to sponsor a swag bag, so like a trade show bag mm-hmm. that uh, people can get um, and then go around all the booths. And we'll try to coordinate with the vendors saying, hey, guys, have – have a giveaway, have some type of tchotchke uh, this year, um, and maybe even have like a bingo card where if you go around and you visit all the vendors and you get stamped and you go in a drawing and maybe we can sponsor some prizes for drawings, things like that. So just a way to get people involved and get people excited um, for Coco Fest this year and for the 40th anniversary of the Coco. So these are all great things to hear. Um, it just seems like every week and every month and every year it's it's better than before on what's on the horizon for this freaking 40 year old machine. You know, it's amazing. Um, more bling, more bling. <laughs> it'd, be good, it'd be good to have, uh, to somehow have, um, the new radio shack stores or store in, involved in it too. That's true. We could reach out to them. They make, you know, some, a little radio shack, uh, koozies or even some batteries or who knows what. Right. So we could ask them. Yeah. We got a guy, Joe Burnett, we got a man on the street that could maybe reach out and ask them. Just um, let me know. Boom. I'll go up there. Yep. Yeah, we can ax them. Actually, see uh, if one of them wants to come down to Coco Fest too. They can you know, hawk uh, soldering irons and stuff. Yeah, true. Kind of get involved with the comedy community again. Uh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of ideas. We need to keep these ideas coming. We we'll try to brainstorm throughout the week when we talk on Discord. Then we need to bring all these ideas to the meeting and propose them at the. Glenside meetings and make sure everybody's cool with this. I can't see why anybody wouldn't be, but you know, um, man, that's a lot, Chet. Um, 
and I'm not trying to say this in a rude way, but is that um, are you kind of now done with <laughs> with your update? I'm not sure. Um, and, and then that might be more questions. So maybe Curtis had a question. Did anybody have a question about well, well, Rob supporting question sound chips? Chat. Okay. So, uh, will Chet support the Mega Mini MPI sound chip? Yes, uh, I just don't have one. Uh, uh, I actually don't even have a Coco 3 yet. I, I actually got outbid a couple of days ago. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, all of the sound chips are going to be supported. Uh, uh, the, it's just a matter of, you know, getting to it when, and what's on, uh, on the – I think it's uh, third or fourth on my list uh, for, uh, for the sound chips to, to get integrated. Because when I do it, I also do the, the, uh, the support for VCC, mm. uh, it, it, you know, for testing since I don't have an actual machine. And it, uh, it, it does help uh, you know, quite a bit. But there's always intricacies like, you know, some chips require certain timing, uh, you know, between the writes. So, you know, making sure that that is, is right, you obviously want to test on, on real hardware. Um, so, yeah, as, as time goes on, I will, I will have support for all of them. So I want to be able to support all of the sound chips in, in Digger. And, and that's certainly something that's, I mean, obviously all of the uh, pretty much all of the developers that I know, I've talked to, you know, in the last couple of years, they want to support it as well. It's just, you know, the information and getting it out there and, and getting it uh, running is, uh, you know, it can be time consuming. Uh, so. I was going to ask another question too. There were some questions on Discord about, uh, you know, getting disk IO routines and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you'd mentioned Dynasprite has a lot of that stuff built in. Are you kind of doing anything with Dynasprite or are you duplicating or redoing stuff or? Um, no, no, I've, uh, I will probably do some stuff for the, um, for the map uh, converter for the, loading of, of that i'll probably do some integration with with dynasprite to support that um but i don't i don't use it i certainly do recommend it i mean if you if you want to write games if you want to get started on games and you're not um you don't want to learn the optimization and, and and all of the stuff you know right away you're just interested in writing a game that i, I certainly recommend using it and, and taking a look at it um you know if you're interested in, in some of the functionality that it has like some you know some of the disk io it has uh, uh zip compression i believe uh, uh supported you know, built in so that when you're reading from a file, you can read from a zip file. So that helps with the, the distribution on, you know, on real media. So there, there's a lot of functionality there that I think can be very helpful uh, to people that, uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that gets rewritten and I think all of it's already there. Okay, cool. You're probably the first person I know besides the author that's actually really got into Dynasprite much. So, um, I mean, I looked at it. It's and the only reason why I don't use it is it, it doesn't do the the type of optimization that I'm doing for Digger for for the next generation stuff. There's there's a, a lot of differences. I mean, for you know, it, it's more um, general purpose. It could use you know some more specific optimizations, you know, like uh, compiled sprites. I don't think it supports that. Um, but I certainly recommend you know people, and I'd, I'd like to see uh, uh, you know people get into using it, maybe improve it, and, and add some of those optimizations to it. But you know I've got my own code base that I that I work with, and all of my optimizations really don't mesh with uh, with the model that it's uh, that it's designed. For. Okay. Plus, a lot of people like like Nick Morandi, he just likes you know learning how to do these techniques himself, so he always writes his own routines, even if somebody has done something similar before. It's because the learning process works a lot better if you actually do it yourself. But that might be the same with you too. I don't know. Right. Well, there's there's also a lot of things that are there that that are I, I don't think are taken into account. Things like split screen. If you want to do a uh, you know a score bar or an info bar, at, say the top or or even the top and the bottom, like did Nick did with uh, with Popstar Pilot. Um, but there's a there, there's a lot of other things that that you can get into that that just aren't really aren't there. But they could be. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know a lot of the the community could probably put some, uh, you know, make some improvements uh, like that. But there's there's just stuff like that. There's no um, uh, 
uh, even or odd pages. So you're you're still limited to that that you know that four pixel scrolling. So there are some limitations there. And how do you optimize that well? And in, in, in a you know especially if you if you've got two megs or if you plan on using two megs. Um, so there are some techniques that just aren't supported that that I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions? Any other questions in the chat? Game development, supporting sound chips, optimizations, scrolling, sprites. Mm-hmm. Anyone? No documentation on it all. Oh, yeah, documentation. Yeah, and that was the big thing. I mean, it, it, it's you know some of the uh, some of the documentation that I've got is, is just spreadsheets that break down each of the different you know routines for you know drawing a top edge, a side edge, uh, rendering the uh, you know from the uh, the save and restore, rendering from a back you know, or, or restoring from a back buffer, a managed back buffer, fully rendered back buffer, static games. I mean, there's there's a whole wide range of, of different techniques that go that you can use for each one, and then how what happens if you start multiplexing those particular operations. So if in case you know if you have to update two different pages at the same time do you do it them separately or do you intermix that at the same time how many MME blocks do you need in order to accomplish that how to how does your other you know how does you know things like sound come into that if you're using the DAC or if you're using the uh, the you know sound chip where you can actually switch over to another test so there's a lot of different variables that you can throw into something like that just for even a simple game that the side scrolling that you know you could probably get you know 10 or 15,000 extra cycles if you do it better hmm we have a question from Rob. Yeah, Rob Inman wants to know what are your plans for OS nine development. Um, as far as OS nine development itself, not much. I will probably look at putting some of my tools into OS nine. Some of my smaller converters that I've used in the past. I mean, that was actually what they were what they were developed for. Um, I will probably switch over to using OS nine level one as my uh, one of the core libraries for uh, for disk I/O and all of that stuff, so that I can use you know access to, to OS nine disks and, and all of that for installation and, and other yeah, and hard drives and stuff too. Which if you want to make a large style game, you could send it, send it as a VHD hard drive file and you know loading right. your resources like crazy in 120 meg or something. Yeah, so there's I mean there's a lot of benefits to to you know using that model particularly with you you've already got an existing driver set. You know the problem is is the amount of memory that it uses. I mean right now I use a, a system called Chaos which includes sector and disk IO and, and a few other uh you know s- uh, services. Um it comes in at about I think it was like 3 or 4k under right under 4k. You know like most things it's it's all based on the stuff all the code from RS dots. Um, but when you go into looking at something like OS 9 level one, you're going to have to at least 16 K. I mean, right now I think I've got the kernel loading in at, at 12 K, um, gives you a few K left for processes. And then I'm trying to restrict it to that particular, you know, region of memory and I'll just page it in when I need it. That'll give me the ability to actually, you know, have a, a clean startup program. I can use any of the OS 9 tools that, I, you know, like the, the, you know, Pascal or, or C or whatever, uh, to build my loaders or my intro or my, my main thing and, and have it kick off everything. And then I take over the rest of the machine. That way I don't have the overhead of something like OS 9 level two. And I still have to do, you know, I still have to do a few things manually, which is, which I'm okay with, but Overall, you get all of that functionality and access to the hard drives. You don't have to worry about it because it's not your code. You don't have to maintain it because you are. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's a good idea. Like I know some of the Dragon people back in the day actually did their Dragon DOS games. They wrote them under OS nine, just you know, for the tool set and stuff that was available to them. But the right. game never was intended to play under OS nine because there's too much overhead. Right. 
Right, and this way, I mean, you still get the benefits, you know, that, that you can get with with OS nine, particularly some of the service calls for for managing, you know, memory and and uh, or, or tracking stuff with the, with the bitmaps and all of that. So you do get you do get some some extra functionality, and, and you know, once it's up, I can start looking at the kernel and and everything else to see what can what can come out. Um, and if you want, I mean, you know, like with, with Chaos, when I originally did that, it had a serial terminal so that I could you know sit there on my PC and watch serial output. So I actually had logging in the game, so I could know when it was you know flipping pages right or whatever. And it would log every every so often you can do the same thing with os9 just reconfigure your kernel boom you're gone you're ready to go cool so so now memory is no problem seems like uh we got two meg just wide open just keep programming huh well, I mean, and but even with the the, the two meg, I mean, the, there are you know people out there who do want to support you know five uh, five twelve, and I've even taken into consideration you know when I looked at some of these you know these functions, hundred twenty eight k games, and the techniques that were used you know like for some of the space games that had star fields and you know how they accomplished that rather than the actual scrolling, um, you know, just that star field effect giving that uh, giving that perception, um, you know, there's. There's a lot to be said about doing 512 games. You know, Digger 3 is still going to support, you know, 512K. It's not going to go to the 2 meg boundary. My, my next generation engine will. Um, but there's still a lot of value in doing 512K games. I don't think that, you know, I, I, I'm doing a 2 meg game because it gives me the most power and it gives me the most, you know, performance for what I want to do. And I, that, that's important to me. Um, could I make it fit in 512? Sure, it might be a little bit slower. Not to make some changes, and, and who knows? We'll we'll see if there's a 512 version of that particular game. Um, but it's very difficult to accomplish uh, four-way scrolling, or well, eight-way scrolling with um, uh, even odd pages because that takes up I think it's 396k right off of the bat. So you're left with very little memory for really anything else um, in, in the way of optimization. So it does make it a bit difficult to do. So you go to two makes and you have that extra, you have that benefit of, of that extra speed. Um, but there are plenty of games where you can uh, where you don't need even odd pages that will fit perfectly in a 512 gig, 512 k system. And I think that uh, I don't think that that uh, two meg is is really going to be u- utilized too much in the future, except for a handful of games. Hmm. Um, I, I know one of the reasons why some of the games take up even 512K, or I'm, I'm speculating here, but I think having all these digital samples, they have to be loaded into RAM, right, for the for sound generation, right? Right, right. But but even with Digger, I mean, I think I'm only using 40K worth of memory for all of the, the sounds. Once you get them down to 5 or 6K, they, they can be pretty small. Um, but it really depends on the game itself you know if you take a look at uh, at contras most of the data that it loads is likely compiled sprites okay those are res- those are ram resource hungry right those those will will eat up uh, memory tr- uh, very very quickly much larger than um, than a uh, than any audio map, data yeah. that you would get yeah hmm. so it, it's it does take up a lot of memory and I, I actually studied the the load up screen that was part that game was actually one of the key games that I used in, in my initial analysis of, of you know techniques and, and uh, you know pros and cons between them um, and you know it, it does increase the loading time, but if you'll notice that the gameplay is much smoother, it's better. You have a lot more action on the screen. It accomplished its goal. Um, but if you were to add even odd pages in there, you would have to go to a two meg or a one meg system. Well, I think the, the two meg has actually been pretty popular, especially since we have several vendors selling it. Several vendors will actually do the installations mm-hmm. for you. And yeah. I think Richard's mentioned he's already sold over a hundred of his six three zero nine 
to make combos. Is that correct, Richard? Two hundred. Two hundred. Two hundred. Okay. Oh, nice. That's Get a, out that, of town. That's actually a good number. Well, then I don't feel so bad about doing two meg anymore. Then. Yeah. You need a <laughs> and we don't know how many you know Cloud Nine sold on top of that. So I mean, we, there's a pretty good market already for two. Yeah. Meg. And yeah. yeah it gives you a market that makes a advantage to develop for. It. Yeah, yeah, because because using the the going to the two meg for the next generation, even if I were to do it actually to Digger to now, and I I actually considered doing a a prototype and testing the 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 actual you know real performance gain on it, but I'm looking at about ten to fifteen percent um, on uh, a worst case scenario. So that's that can be significant. Of course, that I I should note that that is across the board of all the optimizations that I plan. So I I guess I can't really you know disclaim it on on that one thing, but you know going to that two megs. Boosted performance, uh, a very noticeable amount. Hey, Chet, are mm-hmm. you going to um, have uh, any experience with the Gimme X in the future? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I, I've looked at. I, I understand that you know the performance isn't going to be an issue for it, but I do want to um, support my games on it, and I definitely want to support a a, a much richer um, you know graphic set uh, for it. Uh, but I don't know how you know that's going to go i mean it, it's not that difficult to change but that's probably going to have to wait until i've actually replaced the rendering engine would um would using a sound chip instead of dac uh, speed up things too and reduce memory overhead significantly it, it, there's uh, there's a lot of pros to to using a sound chip not just with with performance i mean the with a with the the sound chips you're typically updating it. Uh, you're doing all of your updates uh, every tick, which is every once every sixty seconds. Um, so with a, but with the sound, you're you're actually handling handling that IRQ, uh, you know, six thousand or eight thousand times a second, whatever your your playback frequency is. Um, so that accounts in it, it'll account for anywhere from ten to twenty five, thirty percent of your CPU time, uh, which is that's a that's lot, significant, yeah. yeah. Right. That's the difference between 30 frames a second and 20 frames a second in a, in, in a lot of games. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's that aspect of it. You, you've got a lot of performance gains on it, which is, is certainly important to me. But you also have much, uh, much easier memory management because with, you know, dealing with the FIRQ at, at that rate, um, you don't want to have to be switching over, switching your MME blocks as well as, you know, doing the audio data or switching tasks because it's going to it's going to really impact that, you know, a, a, a huge amount. So you want to any way that you can reduce that you, you do, <laughs> yeah. and you know so you are going to have that memory uh, always mapped in um, uh, as long as your game is playing. So that's an eight K chunk completely gone that you can't use for anything else. Now, like I, when I mentioned earlier about multiplexing certain operations, like if you're having to deal with. Uh, draw to, to multiple screens at the same time or or if you're having to do you know the, the, you know, an operation twice you want to kind of you know optimize that into the same one because you're loading the data you're storing the data twice but you're only loading it once so you, you save a, a considerable amount when you do that that makes it much more difficult i mean there are optimizations that i can point out in the documentation that require six pages which leaves wow. you which leaves you one for your game and one for the the uh, the thing, and there was another that required seven, um, but that was a very that was an extreme case. I don't. Uh, it was a a really <laughs> wacko use case that I don't think will ever ever happen. But I could see somebody going that road and, and getting frustrated. And I think that that uh, uh, that's one of the big things when you look at, at some of the stuff is you you either get caught with your pants down or it becomes more than you were expecting, or there were things that you didn't think about, and it makes it much more difficult and it frustrates you to the point where you just give up that particular project. I got, I got another question, Chet. Uh-huh. Um, say uh, in the future we have these uh, serial ports on the uh, MPI now, and 
Um, <clears throat> is it possible to um, do interactive game playing uh, through the uh, internet or anything um, like that in the future? Yeah, and actually that was something that I considered uh, uh, when I uh, started looking at doing more Coco stuff. You know, back in the day, it would be a nice little project to kind of play around with. And, and I, I think that uh, if anybody wanted to do that, I would try playing P51 over the Internet. You would just that have would to have... Cool. You would just need to have some way to take, you know, the serial communication from the Coco emulator or from the real Coco and get it to the internet somehow. But I, you know, the, the game itself was was designed, I think, to run over 300 baud. So I don't think your any latency would be an issue, although it might at some point. Um, but I think overall that would be your best bet as a starting point to try and get that up and running because you wouldn't really have to modify the game. Um, well, these these new serial ports have. Uh pretty high bandwidth don't they uh the, the serial port may have the bandwidth but the coco may not yeah yeah well, the 16550 helps because you get an irq like every 14 bytes rather than every single byte so your right. overhead goes down but and also i think jim brain is i mean he's got a, an ethernet card for the commodore 64 so if he manages to port that over the coco where you actually get full ethernet frames that the card itself's handling and you're basically right. almost reading it like disk sectors at that point yeah, and that becomes pretty quick. Uh, so there's, uh, you know, I, I would have to say, yeah, I mean, it's some, uh, the, the technology is, is not a blocker. It's not something that would really hinder you from it because anything on the Cocoa would be expecting a low latency, latency anyway. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, you know, certainly you could get games like P51 or even, you know, maybe Karate if, if somebody could get that code uncovered and working because I know there's, there's uh, remote play um, code still in that game. Um, but I don't think that you would see a game like Digger 3 being played over the internet. I, the, the, uh, the amount of processing that it would take and the latency would make it just unusable. Let me, let me just to dwell on that for a second there. You said karate, like we're talking the DICOM karate game? Yes, yes. That game was originally marketed to have remote play. Um, in fact, if you look at the original, that was the whole reason why I bought the game. Now, if you go up and you take a look at the crack version that's up on the archive and you, and you go a, a, a dump of that particular file, you will see menu options and other code in there if you disassemble it specifically for remote play. It's still in there. I just don't know how to activate it. Oh, I, 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 did, I didn't I, know that at all. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if it I don't know if it's complete or not. Um, I mean, Dave Dyes would probably be able to answer that, but my guess is that it's just something that's disabled. Um, a lot of the stuff that you did, you could either en- enable it with a byte on the on the uh, uh, in the game or, or on somewhere else on the disc. But the code's still there. I just don't know if it's complete. Cool. Interesting. I, I didn't know that at all. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. I wonder I if mean, uh, it, it would be cool sometime to, in the future, maybe. Is to have uh, our computers up with, or you know, our Cocos up with Turbo software and uh, be able to text each other while we're having the show go on. <laughs> Instant message cool. to our Coco. Yeah, wouldn't that yeah. be neat? That'd yeah. be cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> We'd have to have somebody what uh, engineer a, a master program to handle it all, or what? And doesn't um, doesn't Ribs or one of the uh, have a a chat? Feature. Oh yeah, AlphaSoft, Ribs, a whole bunch of them do actually. Yeah, uh, I would set that up and just dial into a bunch of Cocos. Yeah, I, I think cool. that the, the critical thing is to get it to work over the internet because back then that was just on straight serial modem stuff. So. Yeah. Really well, I mean, you know, st- start up a bunch of instances of, of OS9 and, and emulators and there you go. Yeah. yeah. And I think the KA9Q project supported IRC, if I remember directly, on the Coco whack in the day too. Yeah. A uh, couple questions. So P51 hmm. is just two player, right? I mean, just like two people over a modem. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know that uh, the original Doom, you could link two players over serial and only runs at 9600 bits per second. Yes. So you don't need a whole lot of uh, bandwidth in order to uh, synchronize. No, it's not so much the bandwidth as it is the latency on the internet. P51 ah. was P51 was specifically designed for latency because of the slowness of the cocoa. It, it uh, communicated over the Bitbanger port, right? So that itself was slow, along with rendering the game. So in order to do that, it it it, it will sit there and wait. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think it just worked at 300 and 1200 baud. I think was the highest you can go with P51. Right. If I remember. Yeah. Right. So if you if you've got a good internet connection, you have no latency, then you you won't know you won't know the difference. Yeah. You you'd swear right. that you were playing on on a with another cocoa over a uh, null modem. On the other hand, if you're on a shared cell phone 3G connection, it's going to have terrible latency. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> I don't have 3G anymore. So anyway, that's the, uh, does does anybody else have any other cool questions? Just networking games like that is kind of my interest. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's certainly possible. Certainly possible. Hey, uh, uh, some some things had cut out. Could you start from the part of "Hello, my name is Chet Simpson"? <laughs> <laughs> sure, I wrote everything down before I got started, so I can just go to the top of the list. Easy for me. <laughs> I think you'll have to send in for the written transcript, Richard. Yeah, you can get a bunch of actors to read it. <laughs> yeah, or, or watch on YouTube later with Cole's captioning. Yeah, on. send a self-addressed stamped envelope. For a written okay. transcript of today's program, That's you should have right. been writing down everything we said. That's Hi, okay, Steve. don't worry. <laughs> well, they can go on with the rest of the show and I'll just sign it for you. Yeah, right. right, right, right. <laughs> so one thing we have to do for you, Chet, is to try to help you get a real Coco 3, I think, because you've been trying for a while now, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah, well, I uh, hadn't really been trying hard over the summer and all that and, and doing stuff with work. But, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of uh, on my list uh, to, to get. I've seen a couple of uh, a couple of good ones, but I wasn't going to spend $300 on a 128K. I mean, it was super clean, though. It did look like a good machine. Now, Stevie, yeah, you... you- Stevie, you helped arrange uh, a, a person that will be on the covered on the news later too. Who actually got a Coco Three system from his wife in Cloud Nine. Yeah, Does that uh, mean Cloud Nine actually has Cocos for sale right now. I, I don't know what his inventory was, but when when I got the request, I reached out to a few people saying, "Hey, can you can can you possibly provide an actual working Cocoa with upgrades?" And then um, uh, Mark Marlette got back and said, "Yeah, I have some." He didn't tell me how many he had, but he did mention that you know. He he could make it happen, so I put him in touch with the uh, with the wife who reached out to me, and um, they kind of took it from there. So I, I don't know how many he's got available, but he did mention that it was what he called his grade A, which is you know the super clean new looking ones. So um, yeah, so that the, might be an option for Chet too, because then he can get a two meg six or nine machine all in one shot. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I yep. have to give him a call. I'll give him a call. Yep. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. That's, uh, we that's need to get Chad a cocoa. Let's do let's 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 do a Kickstarter <laughs> and let's get a let's get Chad a cocoa. <laughs> you got there your cocoa go. three yet? Yeah, Not so. just a cocoa. <laughs> we need to have very sad music playing with uh, pictures of Chad looking. Of Chad yeah, looking. We'll have uh, we'll have Sally Struthers do it. You know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I think I can do it on my own. I, I can come up with my own sad face. I don't want her anywhere near my commercials. Okay, I'm thin. I'm not Ethiopian, all right? 
I just think it's a good idea because I know you're releasing the Digger 3 game for free, like right up front. You're right. saying you're yeah. not going to charge for it. So if we can help you get a Coco 3, a real one for testing, yeah. you know, upgrade Development. it, ready to go for your 2 Megan 6 through 9 stuff, then yeah. You should use That's a way that to pay picture. you back without actually having to pay money for the game. Yeah. Mm. The picture you've got there, it, he has to have his hands on his head all the time. <laughs> Poor guy. I guess it keeps him from getting too big. This is my Chad uh. Stimson impersonation here right now. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> cool stuff. Cool stuff. Uh, well, maybe more. Maybe more. And Steve Bjork has just joined us. Hey, Steve. Welcome to the hey. program. Hey there, everybody. How you doing? We're doing good. Hi, Steve. Pretty good. Um, Got a few programmers on today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had a big uh, game on segment talking about some programming tools and stuff. So That explains why my ears were burning. <laughs> All right, well, how about we do this? How about we go ahead and we are going to take a commercial break and then we'll come back. I think Curtis Boyle will have some news for us and then we'll get into project updates and acquisitions, things like that, after these words. Everybody cool with that? Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. This is Ken Reichard, author of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. And you're experiencing... Coco Talk? Radio Shack, America's technology store. Right! This Christmas, Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The new game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low-resolution visuals. Digital to analog converted sound. 100% machine language and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that croc. Get your complimentary copy of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. At cancanmakeit.com. If you got it for free, you paid too much. Coming soon. All situations depicted in this trailer actually happened. This true story has been anonymized to protect the guilty. Starting in the dead of winter, a group of bored teenagers, blue stuff up, learned code cracking, learned phone freaking, hijacked 
and hacked. No system was safe. No one could catch them, or so they thought. A true story at the dawn of the internet. System hacked. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. Were Coco mice bad back in the day? Because the Coco cat kept eating them? All right, the latest from <laughs> Samuel Gimes. Uh, Coco Thoughts. He's always thinking. That's Samuel Gimes. <laughs> I guess you could term that as thinking, sure. It's, uh, it's very uh, abstract thinking. <laughs> We're using the word thinking here in loose terms. All right. I guess the lesson, though, is not all thoughts have to be expressed. <laughs> not, not all not thoughts are about Nick Morota. Yes, yes, yes. So, L. Kurt S. Boyle, who says, this will not be on my site. It, it uh, will eventually. That's one thing I want to start catching up on. I've got to try to divide my time between Nitrous 9, Ease of Use, some of the other Nitrous 9 sub-projects, and actually get my game site going again. So, Okay, so are you ready for news, L. Curtis Boyle? Not really, but sure, go ahead. No, well, then go ahead and start the news, Curtis. It is, it is on you, sir. You have the floor. Do. L. Kurt S. Boyle. Okay, you guys can see the Chucky Egg splash screen? Chucky Egg, yes. Yep. Okay, okay so Pet pet Sass Jim One, or whatever his name is on YouTube, the guy that's been going through all the Dragon games, he put up a whole bunch more this week. Um, and, and since a lot of us haven't seen a lot of the Dragon games, I picked a few, actually a fair number of them this time, because there's a few I hadn't seen before either. Um, some of these you have been seen, uh, have been ported to the Cocoa, but a lot of people are not that familiar with them. So the first one is Chucky Egg, which I believe is a cross-platform one on, on multiple systems in England at the time. Uh, so, and you let me know if it sounds too loud, because I know you tend to overdrive it. Okay. And this is the upgraded version by Paul Bergen. So is it already playing? Okay. Instructions. You can guide your man around his house and collect dozen eggs without getting caught by the crazy birds. Be extra careful of the daft duck. If he gets out of his cage, you, you control your man using four direction keys and a jump key. All right. That's a British term for crazy, by the way. Daft duck? Sure Monty Python uses daft duck quite, or daft quite a bit. Okay. Not yeah. to be confused with Daffy Duck. Yeah, don't be confused with Daffy Duck, but he's a daft duck. All right. Get to the part where he starts playing a game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, look at that. Kind of looks like a minor 2049er. Yeah, a little bit. Collect, collect the eggs, collect the uh, other things too, dodge the. Those are the duck. daft ducks, the Daffy Ducks. You have a timer, of course, too, as well. Okay. Suffer and suck a tash. So kind of a little bit like Gold Runner, little Load Runner, a um, little bit like uh, Cashman or Cash Jumpman. Yeah. 
Yeah, the sound effects remind me of Cashman. Like some of the pickup sounds are pretty yeah. similar. And okay, so you can fall without taking falling damage. It looks like, which is good. Yep. And there's multiple screens too. I trying to see, remember if you actually made it. And the um, okay, yeah, that's neat. And what's what's the deal with the with the uh, kind of bird cage up there in the corner? I'm not even sure to be honest. Is that kind of like in Donkey Kong, who's like in the whoever the prisoner is you're trying to help or something? Oh, could be. I I, I haven't played Chuck Egg in, in quite a while. Okay. So. Oh, I like that how it's a nice scrolls, transition it screen. Scrolls onto yeah. the next screen. Yeah. Oh, it's the elevator. So now we're getting into very Donkey Kong esque. I think I'd like to play this. The, game. Wa- the walking noises when he's walking along it, it reminds me of um, Bjork's song Amy, uh, "Army of Me." Start of it starts with that little ticking thing. Mm. <laughs> that death song was very Donkey Kong esque too. That's a nice. That's a nice platformer. Yeah, I want to. Oh. I want to try this. I like this. I think I would enjoy this game. And this this one has been put onto the Coco. I've actually played it before okay. years ago. So yeah, should be able to do that. You can also use a pallet hack. Yeah, as most games uh-huh. could. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, the colors cool. are beautiful. Chateau of Gold. <laughs> Yeah, this one is uh, it's in a text adventure game, but it's got a, an interesting interface design for it. It's not just your typical, you might have a scroll window or something to hold things on, but it actually has a few little extra bits. And hey, Paul like Fiscarelli just joined us. Okay, we've got a border here. Well, maybe that's just the home screen. Yeah, let's just skip ahead a bit here. So basically, in the upper right corner, that's what level and what room X and Y coordinate you're on. That's always kept on the screen, so you can kind of okay. keep track of where you are in level the Level three. Okay. Yeah, so you're on floor one, and your X coordinates are fourth floor three, I should say, and your X coordinate is one, and your Y coordinate is five. So it okay. kind of allows you to keep track of where you are. Okay, Jason Downs says he just sent us a bunch of pictures. Where is that? We'll have to look for that. Okay. Um, so now it's a menu instead, too. Move, explore, yeah, open just status. Text. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well done, idiot. You've just disturbed <laughs> all <of> the... <laughs> well done, idiot. Wait a second. <laughs> I get this abuse in real life. I don't need this from my sources of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's written with you in mind. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is different. That is different. Yeah, it's. Yeah, so, I, mean, I just thought it was an innovative take. I hadn't seen that in any of the Coco ones yeah. I've seen. I've seen the uh, you know the quick menu as opposed to uh, actual typing. Yeah. Class, I've never seen it keep track of your your floor and stuff in the upper corner at all times. So. I don't think I've ever had a Coco game call me an idiot. No, no. So we, <laughs> we, we usually have to log into. We usually have to log into. We have to log on to Discord for that kind of abuse. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> If you play Photon on 512K, it has a digitized voice that's behind the evil guy in between scenes, in between levels, that it's insulting you all the time. So you should definitely play that, then, if you're into self-abuse. Okay. Nate. (laughs) That's an angry programmer. Yes. Championship darts. Okay. Yeah, it's not too often you see a dart game, so I thought this was kind of neat. I think it's written in basic, too, but kind of of a different uh, one here. Excuse me. Yeah, get to the part where we're playing the game. Who cares what yeah. people's... Okay, what's your name? What's your... Oh, I, well, options Options are good. I like options, but let's get to the gameplay. 
Jim will throw for, yeah, this looks very basic-y, right? When you can see the circles being plotted in slow motion, that's definitely a very, um, but it's cool. Okay. Yeah, the throwing mechanic was pretty good. I mean, for basic, of course, you, you're kind of limited with your Okay, do, and yeah, I mean, I like how the numbers just showed up. and Yeah, wow, yeah. So it just goes spinning around. You have to hit the key to do it, and then you've got your adjustment there that you've got the little bar okay. going back and forth. Okay, actually, like that is case. pretty clever. And then where's the marker where the dot hit, where the dart landed? Okay. I think it just shows it when it, it does the sound, and then it uh, Okay, you know, so you, it doesn't, leave, it doesn't it. leave the dart like marked on the board as being there okay yeah just just when you initially throw it then you could see the head yeah yeah now that is it now that is interesting no and it looks good visually this looks like a dartboard there's no there's you don't have to imagine what what this is so yeah and uh, the, the the play mechanic of, of of selecting the two different things of you know the spinning thing going around that you have to hit the key to hit it and then you have to do the adjustment on the bottom is kind of mm -hmm. like to fit it in a basic program that you know isn't running that fast it's pretty good mm-hmm Curtis, can you do us a favor and not talk over the cat when the cat's trying to communicate with us, please? <laughs> <laughs> but it's very rude. So, Sorry, he, 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 I've been pressing the mute button, but I miss a few of them. So. <laughs> and this one here, this is uh, there's two parts, there's two versions of this game, or two different, I guess, chapters of this game. It's a clown's game, and some of these are written in basic too. Um, so this is the first one. And this is pretty interesting. I thought he did uh, all the semi-graphics high-res to get all these different color shades on yeah. the screen at once. That's Unfortunately, cool. the game itself doesn't do that, just the title screen. But Okay. But that shows you what you can do with semi-graphics. Uh, we'll skip directions. We don't need no stinking directions. So it's a basic game, too. But basically, Oh, to try okay. To... So you're trying to catch the ball. And it's pretty fussy. It has to be pretty well dead center. Yeah, okay. That's interesting, though. So fast forward where he actually he starts to learn how to do this properly. Ed, that's cool. And I like the score in there. I mean, other than the other than the speed, um, the the presentation's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's one of the better basic games I've seen. And yeah. It's a gameplay make I haven't seen before. No, that's neat. And then this is the uh, clown juggling, which is basically another clown game by the same company. Tell the nice basic <laughs> intro. <laughs> that's that's cool. So that's yeah, semi -graphic all those fancy semi-graphics, but only on the intro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get uh, your hopes up yet, because we just spent our budget on the title screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this okay. one, I think you're trying to try to catch the balls and the hands as you flip them around. I think okay. I don't really know. I've now, is this, this a clown or a snowman? <laughs> it's, it's a very rotund clown. It's yes. a, a, a clown that's been to McDonald's a bit more than Ronald himself, I think. I love this whole title screen thing going on there. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. This is one that actually is available in the Coco. It's by Tomic Software. Micro so they're golf, but I, a lot of people haven't seen it, so I thought I'd throw it on just to... Now, is this basic, too? Because it's... Yeah. Yeah. This is one of Tom Mix's earlier releases. This came out, like, early 82 or late 81, I now, think. Now, if this is a dragon game, why did they spell color without the U in it? Because it's by Tom Mix. They, this ah, is a, okay. One that was resold in, in the see. UK. 
Yeah, instructions will skip that because Steve will fall asleep. Yeah, and none of the reading crap. Let's get to the game. <laughs> well, that explains why Steve never can get past level one. He won't read the damn instructions. <laughs> exactly. If, if, you need, if you need instructions, the game is not designed well. It should, you should be able to pick up and play. <laughs> you mean these instructions? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just lined my uh, birdcage with that paper. I didn't know what that was for. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> Anyway, the game itself is basically just basically golf. So. Okay. But cool. there's a lot of people haven't seen it, even though it was a Coca game, because I don't I've think never seen it. advertised it past a certain point. Convoy. Convoy. Your orders are to sink the enemy convoy sailing close to your shores by using your gun positioned at the bottom left of the screen. Okay. Wow, this does not get annoying quickly at all, does it? Now, this looks like it was Stevie meant to be semi-graphics at one point. Okay, so this is like the uh, this is like a lot of these artillery type deals, right? So yeah, you whole you got to pick your angle and elevation and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of the old ones, like I remember seeing a game like this on the pet. It was called Artillery, actually. But yeah. you had to type in like your angle and type in your speed. This is all done by joysticks. Your okay. two axes control. Okay, that. you can see the little graphs of that going. Yeah. Yeah. So you adjust your, you know, how far you're shooting and stuff. And what people power. don't realize is that honestly, and and the, to me, the one that's the most famous one was there was uh, I don't know if it came with GW Basic or Quick Basic, but it was the the two gorillas that threw the bananas back and forth at yep. each other in early PC stuff. Um, but um, this is kind of like what newer games like Angry Birds and stuff kind of took advantage of this whole idea of the trajectories and things, you know, figuring out your tra- trajectory in advance yep. to, to place a move. Um, a lot. This was a very like Lunar Lander is similar to this, too, where you're controlling, con- controlling real time, controlling your trajectory. But um, I have a hard time with that word trajectory. Um no, that's yeah, neat. I mean, the Angry Birds and all that has added all the explosion physics and how the yeah. different pieces yeah, the fall break, apart. The, that's, yeah. that's the big innovation there. But yeah, basically, it is the similar thing to this. And what they're doing here, because this did not artifact, you're you're getting kind of, again, like these Mac classic patterns on a black and white screen to show you the difference between, like, the sky and the water or whatever the yeah. case may be, right? So, yeah. So those are ships going across the ocean, and then there's a skyline above it. I love that graphic. I've seen that graphic on the Dragon Group quite a bit on their cassette here, covers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuthbert in space. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, Cuthbert was like a Cuthbert was a generic dude. term. There was a couple games that actually had the same character, but then people just started making Cuthbert games with completely different characters. So it's just some generic, okay, whatever. Because they even called Ken Kalish's Monkey Kong Cuthbert. Yeah, at one point in time. Yeah, that's true. And some Tom Mix games, I think, I'd rename yeah. Cuthbert too, if I remember. So, what is going on here? Is this a game like um, Joust? No. In this case, you're you're collecting those fuel things, those yellow bars. Okay. So you got to fly and dodge all the objects. You got to pick one up at a time oh. and then take them back to your ship to refuel your ship. Oh wow! So this is kind of like the uh, the bug thing and the and the shark thing, right? The, the game you showed us last week with the bugs. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, you can only pick up one at a time, to which he's just figuring out as he's playing here. But basically, once you pick one up, you run back down, put it on your ship to refuel it, and then you, there's other screens, too, as you go and, and different things to do. 
I don't know if he, I don't believe he's got... balls coming across so quickly, if you're near the edge. Yeah, no, they're fast. Uh, yeah, he, I guess he did make it to another screen. Is that the same screen? It's interesting. Yeah, and some different layouts and stuff too, different aliens, but basically, at least what I've seen so far, the gameplay is the same, just different layouts. I don't know if there's anything. It keeps calling it fuel stage, so I'm assuming there must be some other stages where you're doing something different, but he didn't get that part. Did somebody actually name their child Cuthbert at some time? I'm sure they did. Okay, this one here, Cuthbert goes digging. This one has been ported to Coco before, too. It's basically uh, color color panic, space panic, whatever you want to call it. Micro deal. I like the fonts. Looks like we're using some type of exclusive ore there as we're masking our bits on top of each other. Yeah, let's get to the actual gameplay. Yeah, no, that's good, though. Uh, lower res. I think it actually fit in 16K if I remember, yeah. too. There's nothing wrong with a single-color sprite if it's you know if it gets its job done. Yeah, and it's a low-res sprite. I mean, this is running like 128 yeah. by 96 or something, so... Oh, so you're running out of oxygen now, too. Now he's trapped himself in that spot. I think you can run and jump through them, or you can refill the hole too. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you don't you don't die if you fall. Yeah, and I, I think if this is the same as the original one, if you get the more powerful creatures, you have to put them through two holes. So basically, yeah. they'll mutate into the previous weaker one. Right. I know on on uh, Color Panic by Spectral, if you line it up properly, and you get the later ones where they're actually there's four stages they go through. If you actually make vertical lines of holes and you hit the guy on the top. He'll fall through and devolve through all of them until he hits the bottom. Oh, neat. Kind of cool. I find the constant background noise a little distracting, but um, I don't know if that's just bad DAC emulation or if that's just the way the game was. I, I think whatever version of the Dragon X where he's using, I think it does have some issues because some of these games I have seen before and the sound was not as bad as it is. So I think there is some emulation issues. Mm-hmm. He might be using an old version or something. I'm not sure. So this is one of the later ones, done in 86. Most of the other ones are done around the 83, 84 frame. Uh, and this Cuthbert is where Cuthbert totally changes into something else. I like the fonts here. Press any key to continue. Cuthbert and the Golden Chalice. Ooh, look at this. Looks like it's got a really fast speed to it. It looks I'm like going to a... fast forward a bit here because uh, he dies repeatedly as he's trying to figure it out, but he actually does a pretty good run a little bit later. So okay. Fast forward. Looks like a giant Mario. <laughs> Too many donuts. Time to make the donuts. <laughs> but you know he bears no resemblance to previous versions of Cuthbert at all. Okay, so now you got elevated snakes. Okay. Yeah, this would drive me insane. <laughs> it's one of those games that requires patience. It's not really yeah, a TV game. No, not at all. This is a pre rage quit game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you have to jump over that thing, huh? A little tornado, that... whirlwind, or whatever you want to call it. Is it it also wrap requires around? skill, too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably the main reason. Yeah. I get it. But I mean, the, the basic thing is basically you have these pits to jump over. They keep adding little things that you have to yeah. at the same time. So keeps you interested. In. So it's kind of a pitfall, trap fall inspired thing too, right? You got yeah, kinda yeah, and a lot of timing is involved there. Okay, 
Um, this is a this is a, the Cricklewood incident, which apparently is part one of some saga thing, which I haven't seen the others of. But this is another one where they took the adventure game, text adventure game, and spiced it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, Input level: John Travolta, Utterly King Wally, Khan. <laughs> Genghis Khan, Superman. Who the hell is Jeff Boycott? That must be I have a no British idea. guy. You're in a padded cell. You have 80 cents. You feel great. Items of possible interest. This is really interesting. How the screen's divided into different areas. You can't yeah, go there. Basically, way. your bottoms, your text parts, or your yeah. objects are in that little middle green bar, and then you've got you know what exits, what directions you can go. Like it's very well laid out. Yeah. This would be an excellent one to port to, to Nitro Toffee level two, paper. Actually. He just left the, he left the toffee paper, dude. Come on. We could have rolled one up. <laughs> Get the toffee paper, dude. All right. What is now chocolate? Now those angels come in. Oh, wow. You're in a long tree-lined road. A hell's angel appears nearby. Toffee paper... Hell's Angel. Give paper to Angel. <laughs> Roll paper for Angel. Roll paper for Angel. And what is kick? <laughs> kick Angel. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Uh, it says, oh, what the hell? The Hell's Angel exits laughing. Read paper. It says, oh, Yangzi. Oh, dear. The wind's blowing the paper away. Oh, is this like Yahtzee? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, yeah, okay. I think he's trying to figure out the game as he goes. Okay, it's interesting. Yeah, I like how yeah, they. It's, it's interesting his... layout, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, cool. yeah. Seeing these has given me some ideas. It's given me some inspiration to maybe want to do something texty. And this might play into the contest that Chet's proposing of doing yeah. adventure games. You don't have to do just straight text. You can do a text game with a nice layout like this with some mm-hmm. different play elements. So this one here is called Cruising. Nice title screen. Yep, and this is one of the ones that that's what it shows when you're loading. And be quiet, the cat has something to say. I think he was answering the sound oh, effect there. Okay. I thought it was meow. <laughs> Your only defense He's is to make a temporary <laughs> hole in the path behind you by pressing any key other than the arrow key. Oh, that's neat. Okay, I like that. I think he sat here for a bit, so... Oh, no, it's going to get there pretty quick. And thanks to Fred Dufois for posting all these links in the Facebook group for people to pull these up. Thank you, Fred. I'm trying to remember. He's actually figured out how to play the game. Okay. Yeah, so far I have no idea what the actual game is. It's actually a pretty simple concept. Um, I'm just trying to find He did figure it out eventually. Here. Okay. Looks like yeah, a maybe quick a, type mm, of uh, game. Yeah, it is. It is similar, except you're not filling areas. You're just filling in the lines. Right. It's Dufas. Dufas. Ah, yeah, here's actually playing it. Okay. So you're the green guy, and you got to cut. Oh, okay. You do the lines so they're all green while dodging the other guy. Okay. And this is. And as they of... mentioned, there's there's the ability you can blow a hole in the thing. That's the only way you can defend yourself. Okay. So you can, uh, to blow a temporary hole in the line so that he can't cross to hit you, but otherwise you have to try to dodge him. Okay, and this reminds me a little bit of the uh, electric yo-yo game too. A little bit, yeah. It's more like I would say like an Amidar um, kick quicks a little bit. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's neat. That's different. And it's saying you're sorry you're too slow, so it's insulting you if you're too slow. Okay. And different mazes, different complexities, etc. If only they had incorporated mm. sound into that game. 
You can always press the uh, the, the turn the volume down. Yeah. Okay. And here's one that's got a little bit of religious overtones from the looks of it. I think it's talking about the Crusades back in the an arcade adventure. Okay. Requires the right joystick. Press fire to start. But she's a little cross there, so I guess you're on the Christian Crusades back in the Okay. The Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fight them. <laughs> and when you die, your little ghost comes out. Talk them out of. You just can't talk them out of anything. Um, <laughs> jump over those spiders. You're not doing a good job jumping over the spiders, dude. It's like we're watching Stevie playing. Yeah. Yeah. Steve simulation. Yeah, Stevie can't complain about the simulation. <laughs> yeah, he jumped oh, over one spider. Yay. Yay, mediocrity. Ah, spider gotcha. This is painful. Anyway, that's as far as he gets. He doesn't actually get past okay. the screen, so we'll skip that. I think they're scorpions. Scorpions, okay. <laughs> yeah, they are scorpions. All right. Okay, the, these uh, last two I'm going to show here, these are ones I actually showed Nick Morantes because these were actually fairly impressive. That I, what does that I say? Seen before. Copta? Copta snatch. Com- wow. I'm just not so, going to let my mind go anywhere on that one. But No, don't. Uh, please. Um, <laughs> like a helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, this is kind of a scramble chopper strike style game. Like okay. Before, but, in semi, but in a high-res semi-graphics mode, which I had not seen done Ooh. before, except for maybe Protectors 2. So. Okay. Does it have rap music? <laughs> no. YouTube's ads are getting annoying. Okay. Comp this. Oh, look at that. I like that. Okay. It's a friendly copter. It's a friendly. He's got a cute little face on him. He's like the Thomas the Choo Choo. <laughs> who's just a... And we'll skip ahead. It's keyboard. So if, if there's a Coco version of this one portable, I'll have to change the keys, obviously, because the Dragon's keys match. Oh, I like this. Yeah, I thought, you know, I hadn't seen a scramble-type game done before in semi-graphics. It actually looks pretty good. Is he pooping? Mm. No, you're shooting. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like how it even turns perspectives where you're looking straight ahead as opposed to yep. flying sideways. So it's got the mm. kind of... Yeah, that bro- reminds me of Choplifter on the Apple and stuff, too, because they did that kind of... Okay. Thing. No, Jim I like Gary. this. Jim Gary's That's head's cool. going to explode. <laughs> yeah. The- yeah, Jim Gary's going to port this to the MC-10 uh, by Gary. dinner time. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really like this. Yeah, it's got high speed scrolling. It's got you know all nine. Actually, he's using the other color sets. He's actually getting eleven colors. Yeah, because you got the uh, the orange, the orange and red. It's like Crystal City back in the day type thing. Almost. Yeah, the black background makes it nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was pretty impressed by that one. Uh, I'm extremely cool. impressed. Yeah. Extremely impressed. And this one here, Cosmic uh, Crusader, is kind of a 3D space game. It's like coming right at me, man. It doesn't load that fast normally, too. He's got his uh, emulator set to speed up a bit. but You are the Cosmic Crusader. The sole purpose of your existence is to explore the uncharted depths of the cosmos. You will voyage far into the galaxy, warping each sector, and conquering any alien life forms that attacked you. You'll go far. You'll go far. Yeah. He's got a bit of music inspired by Star Wars, you'll see. Yeah, I was going to say. To the moon, Alice. <laughs> Fletcher. 
Oh, I like this. Yeah, this is good. That's cool. That's very yeah, cool. That's really cool. Wait, one thing I really like, and you'll see it later, when the TIE fighter ships start coming out, he actually has them spinning and rotating around, so he actually did a lot of time drawing the, the graphics so that it's not just you know an image that rotates 90 degrees at a time. Oh, it looks like green pumpkin. I like the little warp that's effect cool. there, too. That's cool. Yeah. This is Hostile cool. alien... This Battle could use a little palette enhancement, but... Um, yes, it could. He did as good as he could, given... The oh, color. yeah, but at least it's not... Oh, yeah, the TIE Fighters look really good. Yeah, rotating That's cool. Spinning. Yeah, and yeah, totally to his cool. credit, space is not green. So he's using blue for yeah, space, blue. so that's good. No, those TIE Fighters look awesome. The explosions yeah, are cool. It's basically space in the daytime. Yeah. Space in the daytime when the sun is out, right? So. <laughs> yeah. That's cool gameplay. Absolutely. That's not going on there. I have to say, I've seen more 3D games on the Dragon, like Coco 1, 2 level stuff, than I have on the Coco itself. They seem to be really enamored with this. And they did a really good job on it's, it. I think part of the reason is that the Dragon came out with a minimum of 32K. So you, that was your common base to write for, so you didn't have to limit yourself to 4K or 16K like we did. So a lot of people wrote 16K games on the North American market. To try to get as many sales. Like the dragon started at 32, so they could kind of up their ante right off the bat. Okay, cool. That's cool. Fast forward. Is there anything else to see? I think there's a meteor thing if I remember. Steve, you're so ADHD. <laughs> hey, did a nice job on this. Absolutely. Good yeah. job, yep. Yeah, meteor. Meteor shower. shower. This is kind of 3D version of what your Cosmic Aliens is, actually. Yeah. Well, Look how nice shower. and random the stars are. No, I see he's doing a little special graphics on your score. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Another Star Wars. Uh, we get the Disney lawyers after us. Well, he did it a little bit off-key, so maybe it'll be okay. I don't know. Well, the that auto a, systems won't find it, that's for sure. That, that was... Uh, that was really cool. Those last two are pretty, particularly impressive for me. So That, that was, was uh, impressive, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Good job, right, Dragon, so, guys. Yep. And you said some of these are available for Coco, or...? Yeah, a few of them, like Cuthbert uh, goes walkabout, and Cuthbert goes digging. I've seen on the Coco before. I'd so like to try Chucky sure. Egg. Ooh, that game looks cool. Chucky Ch- 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 Egg's available on the Coco also. Yeah, they, basically the ones in red with joystick, you can just literally copy them over and they work. If they have keyboard controls, you either have to modify the code to change which keys so they match what the dragon originally had, or you have to play with really odd key sequences that you know may not actually translate too well to playing the game well. And now we get into uh, cyborg news. Uh, I mean, Ed Snyder news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, his Shrunken Footprint Orchestra 90 compatible cards. If you've seen the original Orchestra 90, it's the size of a disc controller, like the old disc controller in RSP32 pack. So these are shrunk down. Uh, it also adds in a larger ROM. So it has both the Dragon compatible ROM and the Coco ROM in at the same time. It does a switch on it. You can flip between them. So it'll work on both. Okay. And he's got a, a headphone eighth inch jack instead of the two RCA jacks. Right. So you can get into modern PC speakers really easy. Um, Click on some of the pictures and make them bigger because we're really not doing the. Viewing audience any justice there. Here we go. There's a 3D printed okay. uh, Coco Deck case. cartridge case. Very cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, your there you can see the your switch for your toggle switch and your earphone jack. Yeah, yeah. He allows up to thirty-two K ROM in here too. It sounds like so you could actually do some pretty decent stuff with it. <laughs> yeah, it's clean. Nice, nice little cartridge. There's the actual board. Yeah, real simple. Hmm. Those are the, I'm assuming those two things on the left there are the two actual DACs. I don't know, since there's two of them. I would presume so. I'm not, not a, a hardware guy, but yeah, I think neither so. am I. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple board. It's very cool. Yeah. And so anybody who does not have an Orchestra 90, that's one way to get it. Uh oh. Paul, shoot. So What's Paul been up to? What's Paul? I'm, I'm well, he's, he showed us some screenshots of um, his translation of the Apple II version of Oregon Trail uh-huh. to the Coco. And now he has a little video actually doing the intro to the whole game itself. Make it big. Here we go. All right. And he's got the uh, Apple II version running on the left with the Coco version on the right. So you can kind of compare because the Apple has a few more artifact colors that yeah. were controllable than we did. Yeah, if only uh, MAME didn't have to go through all that crap. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish okay. they had a way to shut that off. So, um, yeah. Uh, the font, the, actually, the, the updating of the font seems faster on the Coco. The text, the text refresh. Well, we have, a, we have a better CPU, so that makes sense. But... <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's <laughs> small <laughs> yeah, difference in color <laughs> choices. <huh? laughs> Let's just overlook that minor detail. <laughs> they also said slightly higher res. They had 280 pixels across. We only had 256. Mm-hmm. Actually, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's very impressive. So Absolutely. Has anybody died of dysentery yet? Are we? <laughs> I don't know if he's gotten up to the gameplay part, but like he gets up to the actual splash screen, which actually looks pretty impressive on both. Um, I suppose I can fast forward here a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See where I'm going on now. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the graphics translated quite well. Yeah, yeah, very good. Actually, they're they're more consistent on the Coco. So. What do you mean by more consistent? Oh, just like well, look at this wagon picture here. I mean, the, you know, there's uh, that's kind of stippling to get the brown, whereas uh, Coco's able to fill it in better color palette. So. Yeah, that looks really good. These pictures. Yeah. Great job. Great Pretty job. Good. Looking yeah. forward to that one. Uh, next one. John Linville has uh, made a video demonstrating his very first preliminary version of replacing the standard extended basic play command with one that directly plays through the GA Master cartridge. Mm-hmm. Now, this at, at this point, he's not supporting multi-voice yet, but it is supporting the much smoother tone. Um, okay. Let's see what I've been up to. You want me to play the whole thing? It's only a minute and a half. Quick little load up and have it set to load from my app. Yeah, I watched it. No, it's good. Is actual, of course. So, what is play hack? Well, so I'll just fast forward to he's actually playing some stuff. Okay, here's mm-hmm. we're gonna play. I assume play hack is what patches. So, here we go. Turn it so up a little a bit. This one, this one, you're gonna have to turn up a little bit. Very good. Okay. But notice I hadn't typed exact yet. Did you guys hear that? So okay, I'm gonna rewind. I rewind it just a to put my. Wait, that is a standard. Very good. Yeah, that's the Coco play command. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, gonna standard one, yeah. type exact to put my code in place. Good enough, so 
now um, the same command uh, other than I added a space because why not and here we go listen good Plus a much smoother tone. Difference? Yeah, it actually sounded like it was an octave higher though too. That you get from yeah, the actually GMC, that was mentioned in the comments, and apparently the that's part of his testing he was doing. Okay, he's going to fix that for the final version. Okay, and I think it's he's clean. planning on doing multi-voice support as well. Okay, well it's definitely That'd cleaner. Cool. It's, it doesn't have that whirbly sound to it. Um, it did not appear to play in the background though. I don't know if that's just again this is. Early. Yeah, I don't know if he's planning on that or not. I know it's, we've seen some other demos of that working that way so we know it you know, easily can be done because it's a okay. very low latency interrupt but i'm not yeah. sure if he's planning that or not but if nothing else the ability <laughs> to play notes to the game master cartridge and have them sound nicer in, in using existing code that's a yeah, win-win like all your existing play well, commands will work you just load this play hack thing and then it basically overrides the extended basic command and then everything comes through much yeah smoother. no that's great well, that's why you would want it to stop until it's done playing so it works with existing programs or at least have that configurable yeah yeah. You're right, because a lot of people wrote their games in basic, you know, to 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 presume yeah, there's a you, pause when the sound right, is right, right. Matter of fact, the main difference between um, the uh, because I I transitioned from the Coco to like GW Basic and then later on Q Basic uh, on the PC, their their play command worked the same way. But there was uh, if you put MB in front of the play command, that meant music background, and that told it to play uh, as background music. So there was a way to do that with the play command that Microsoft officially had on the uh, on the IBM. So it'd be good to duplicate that. Then I know there's also yeah. the MSX and a few others actually had like the three voices you could do, so you could play you know chords and stuff too. That was Microsoft Basic. Because yeah, that's what Cosmic Alien does on the Cosmic on the title screen when it's playing the Star Wars theme and you have like the colors animation just scrolling through there. It's still animating while the uh, Star Wars theme is playing because I did a, a background music play command. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if they can implement some of those extensions, you'd get some pretty cool stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I put a, I put a uh, comment on the bottom of his topic there and uh, mentioned that the race is on to see who can develop one to support um, the Mega Mini OPL chip. Well, I don't think John's going to because that's not his product. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, it would be interested to see what the response would have been. So yeah, yeah. Um, but no, these are the tools that we need. Uh, people are working yeah. on tools. So Lord Dragon's working on stuff and Sheldon McDonald's working on stuff. So a lot of people are working on stuff to um, simplify background music um, for now. I mean, to me, as long as they keep it compatible, like you mentioned, Microsoft has done a lot of these extensions on other machines already, multi-voice background playing. Mm-hmm. As long as everybody sticks to the same standard, which has already been, already been established, then you know John can write the Game Master cartridge version. Ed can write the OPL3 Mega Mini MPI version. And then at least we can have compatibility. So you write the game once in basic and you can do up to three voice background music and, you know, fourth voice for sound effects, whatever, with one piece of code written exactly the same way. It doesn't matter which sound chip you have. You just right. play hack or whatever separately right. for your particular hardware. And a couple of years ago at the um, uh, Coco Fest, Alan w- was demonstrating his sure sound and he had the play command substituted with his own stuff and he could do multiple voices and play in background now was he using the the, the official quote-unquote microsoft extension for that or did he do on i don't know i what think the he was sending were. it he was sending it out like a printer command though so it was using yeah. the same syntax as the play command but it was like print number negative two to get it to cut to go out if i recall 
Uh, um, no, the play command was actually uh, sending it out the RS-232 port itself. Oh, so it he, hacked, using, he hacked basic. Yeah, he, he hacked basic just like John's hacking basic. Okay, here. okay. Yeah, so as long as we we have a standard between them all, then we can support Sir Sound OPL3 Game Master cartridge. That would be great. Speech Sound Pack, for that matter. Right. So at that point, uh, it's almost like a driver. You have a different TSR yeah. to load up to handle the background hacking for the right chip, and your foreground code should be exactly oblivious of it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's, yeah. And you will try to do the same in Nitrous Nine. You'll have the drivers do it the same way. Yeah. Cool. Cool stuff. Yep. That was neat. Okay, this one here is from ShareSquid, otherwise known as John Day. Thanks for reminding me of that, Stevie, because I keep forgetting which alias is whose. Um, he did another tips and tricks video. We did downline last time. So, <laughs> so it's not dumb ways, of, the dumb ways to die now. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not this time. This is his uh, tips and tricks for Dagrath. Now, actually, there's a few things I probably would suggest that he change here, but that's... Uh... Tonight's Halloween game is a is one that... Uh, probably one of the first games... Anyway, I'll just ahead skip ahead here, so... He does a bit of explanation. He, just, he talks about stuff like parking and dropping your items so that you can, uh, you know, get the monsters to stop and pick them up. And basically, it's a bit of tips and tricks for Daggerath. So I won't play the whole thing here because it's a quarter of an hour long. Okay. But uh, if you're if you're into Daggerath and or just starting with Daggerath and you don't know some of these tips and tricks, it's a good video to watch to give you some hints to allow you to survive longer. Cool. This, uh, this was good. This was good. Yes. I enjoyed this. And then Dave oh, Phillips yes. and Dave Phillips and translated this for us, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yes. Um, so I don't know how I should do this. Should I just play the video and then play the video? Read the just translation play the video. Afterwards? Yeah, scrub keep through the, a little keep bit. Keep the sound muted and read what David said. You want to hear the awesome French accent? No, we accents? do. We do. I want to hear the French accent. <laughs> oh, okay. Les cocodou. Les amateurs de jeux. Les amateurs de jeux. Our apologies to Look at this guy here at the microphone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to rumble? Notre gagnant d'aujourd'hui, Daniel Lacombe, 16 ans de mon gueule, a eu beaucoup de chance qu'il lui a valu aujourd'hui le premier prix, un ordinateur de 16K. Il a réussi à dévorer 4635 puces en un temps record. Comment on se prépare pour un championnat de ce genre-là? Ben, on en a souvent joué dans les arcades, puis euh, j'ai été pratiqué hier dans un radio shack. <laughs> Est-ce que c'est le plus haut point d'âge yes. que tu as réalisé? Non. I would like to go to the hotel. <laughs> Le concours de moins populaire que la finale du cube Rubik l'an dernier. I, I, just, I, I don't remember us having anything like that. No, that's a big turnout too. This is a big deal. Rubik à l'électronique. And a good prize too. You won a 16k Coco. One was the prize for the winning. So was Steve. I really, really feel sorry for those kids because they had to play this game using those black beauties. 
That was <laughs> Le Megabug, Rob Inman says. Le Megabug. So, so Steve, now, were, were you aware that these kinds of con- things were going on with, uh, with your game? This was before the internet. That would be no. That's true. <laughs> so somebody somebody didn't tag you was, in this and send you the link? It was link? still news. <laughs> no. There were still news outlets. Nobody came and asked my permission. Le Megabug. Oh, terrible. Well, they yeah. bought it from a Radio Shack, so they purchased each and every one of those cartridges, yep. right? So, yeah. Actually, Radio Shack was a sponsor. If you saw at the beginning, Radio Shack actually had a booth here. They were sponsoring the whole thing. Le Radio Shack. And that was, awesome. a, that was not a Coco Do, though. So what? how did you say a Coco Anyway, I'll just quickly read the uh, translation that Dave Phillipson so kindly gave us on Discord of what was being said. Yeah. Uh, fans of electronic games now have their championship. It took place this afternoon at the Olympic Velodrome in Montreal as part of the Youth Fair. More than 2,000 participants prepared for the playoffs and gave the winner, a young man of 16, a computer. A reporter, Real Demour, attended the grand finale. The Youth Fair will close its doors in just a few hours, and there will be another great commercial success. The final was the Electronic Games Contest. Last year was all the rage, and they had a championship. There was more than 2,000 qualifying participants, but it was surprising that only five girls succeeded in making it to the semifinals, but none of them made it to the grand finale this afternoon. It was the speed of their hand movements, the lightning-fast decision-making, and making the right moves at the right time, (laughs) which ensured their success against the challenge of the computer. (laughs) Our 16-year-old winner today, Daniel Lacombe, whom we saw in the video there, who with a lot of luck earned the first prize of a 16 computer, was successful in devouring 4,635 dots in record time. Wow. Daniel, how did you prepare for this championship? I played games in the arcades, and then I practiced when I visited Radio Shack, which I think a lot of us can attest to, because before we could afford Cocos, I went to Radio Shack, and I played in that damn thing all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is this the highest score you've ever achieved? He said, no, I've had a high score of almost 6,000. The video game contest this year was a little less popular than the contest last year, but who knows? Maybe next year there'll be a new game. Wow. More in Montreal. So. Wow. So he, he so won a 16K Coco one out of the deal. What was the guy's name again? The guy who won? The guy who won? Uh, Daniel Le- Lacombe. Okay. So Ron Delvaux, your mission is to track down Daniel Lacombe. We need to get him on the show. We got to right. interview him. What's his life been like after winning his Coco and winning the Megabug Championship? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is this is an idea for a new segment. Uh, we should call it a dramatic reading with Elker. <laughs> <A dramatic. laughs> probably died from MRSA. Now, 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 what you need to do, Curtis, is do the whole thing over again, but in a very bad French accent. A French accent. Yes. Give us your best uh, Inspector Clouseau. He won the <laughs> 16K Coco from the Radio Shack. Oh. Yes. The sad um, thing is I'm Canadian and you do a better fake French accent than I do. So. <laughs> that was almost Italian, that one. Yes, uh, very nice. Uh, it was, has a great success. Uh, <laughs> where am I going? <laughs> My whole life came out from this very moment of this event. Yes. Yeah. This, this how do you, exactly now how do we how do we apo- how do we apologize in French now? Oh, you better get those apologies out. We're sorry. Yeah. We're, We're sorry. sorry. <laughs> We're like le sorry. <laughs> le sorry. 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 I'm le sorry. <laughs> No, Stevie's knowledge of French does not go beyond uh, Pepe Le Pew Pepe cartoons. Pepe Le Pew, no. Uh, fromage. It's level one. You sound like a 
<laughs> that's, that's what I was going for. Was Borat. Very nice. Great success. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. I, I thought it was cool, though. I mean, it almost if, if we could afford it at, at the 40th anniversary Coco Fest, it'd be fun to do something like that again and actually have a prize. Maybe not a. Coco well, Coco. also maybe at this point be, now, six thousand. That kid got six thousand points. So there's a gauntlet right there. Somebody's got to break a high score of six thousand on Megabug. So. Can the author beat that score? These days? Is Steve still around? Oh. All right, what do we got here, Curtis? Coco Disney. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, I'm just asking, do you think you could beat the 6,000 score these days playing your own game? Oh, gee, I haven't played Mega Bug in probably about five years. (laughs) Especially with the Black Beauty. That'd be the real challenge. Yeah, that that, 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 (laughs) has to be. A Black Beauty with a Dirty Pot. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a challenge, though. You get a Coco 3 for winning that one, yeah. That sounds like a title of a pay-per-view movie right there. <laughs> <laughs> Black Beauty with All a right. Dirty Pot. We're moving pot. on. Yeah, so, yes. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, that's oh, that ruined that <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Next up for Matchy, he kind of did a double whammy here. He's got a, a Coco low-res program basically showing QR codes that you can actually scan with your phone, which he actually demonstrates. So he's got the algorithm for uh, you know figuring out how to generate QR codes. Okay. But then as his background music, he's actually doing the Axel F playing through Sockmaster's uh, mod player. Okay. What are we doing right now? So this is on uh, Discord? I don't know where this green on the screen. Somebody drew a line on it or something? That's not on the hmm. video. That's some of Oh. Coco bot static basic QR. But this is... I'm confused. This is being posted to Discord. That's just his demo here. I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit here. Okay. I'm... Okay, so this is the Coco generating a QR code. That's cool. And it actually works, right? So when you scan it with your phone or whatever, it's, it, it's going to something... And the program's not even that big. Yeah, wow. And you can do different size QR codes. That's a high-res one. He did uh, fast forward where he scans it. Somewhere over oh, here. Here's, mode, one huh? of the, here's one of the more complicated ones with more text in it. Wow. <laughs> Looks like Space Invaders hiding in there. Um, <laughs> now here he is running it on the real Coco. And he's scanning it with his phone. And it already came up. I can't see it. Focus it. Match your games. Focus. Text match your games. That's cool. There's this P Mode 4 one, which actually points to his YouTube. Oh, ah. So you can actually do links cool. on the Coco. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, we have to wonder if Matchy's if Matchy's human being too. Like we worry about Ed Snyder being a Cylon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matchy's got some mad skills, I must say. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely, done, and, and yeah. a wide variety. Like he's done some simographic games demos, and then he does like you know QR code reading, and he just he's, he's also mastered multi-layer graphics because that green line's been up on the screen the whole time. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's something in the annotations in uh, in uh, in Zoom screen sharing. So how do you how do you shut that off? I don't know. Oh, I figured out at one time. David Ladd usually does. David Ladd usually does that kind of stuff to us all the time. But annotate. uh, There's mouse draw, save, undo. I don't know where that stuff's coming from. There is an annotate here, but I don't know where that's coming from. 
sounds like Rob Inman has some uh, stretch goals for next uh, year's uh, round of uh, doing Q, uh, QR codes on the cocoa as well as uh, printing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's announced that I'm having all these pieces of paper with the QR codes. We need to have a, a dedicated cocoa and a screen hosting the QR codes. just cycles through them yeah. all, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, hey, Dragon Bites is here. Hey, Dragon Bites. Um, cool. That's cool. Good job, Matchy. Matchy's always pulling a, a new surprise out of his hat. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, I've got a series of four videos. Now, this is a guy who calls himself Geiger Punk on YouTube, and he's oh, from yeah. the UK. Oh, yeah, Geiger Punk. I know, and, I know him well. And uh, he started doing some so. dragon stuff, I guess, about a year ago, which I, I hadn't noticed back then. But he, he put up a new one playing Backtrack, which is a game we've demoed before. And he actually gets past the first level, so we'll kind of show that so people know what that looks like. But um, he's done four videos for the dragon so far. One was he got a dragon, and he was like going through it and fixing it up. He had to do a couple things to fix the power switch, blew you know a bunch of dust and crap out of it, got it working. Then he could play the game. The only game he'd remember seeing the dragon when he was young because he didn't have one was uh, Transylvanian Tower, which is a game I'd never seen before. Uh, then he did Phantom Slayer, and he had the exact same reaction playing Phantom Slayer as I have that we've talked about before in the past too. And then the backtrack game. So I'll just show little clips of uh, the four videos that he did. And he's got a really nice setup for his uh, where he does his videos too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. The Sega logo thing there. Hello, you. So I'll skip it. it is it? that tea and crumpets there? Dragon hunting. That wasn't a crumpet. It was something else. Okay. Was, but... And he weighs the dragon first to see what it, you know, how much it weighs compared to modern PCs. So 2.12 roughly kilograms. And then he cleans it off a little bit. Because he just picked this up literally. He just drove over to pick it up from somebody in, in the okay. UK. On off switch. Made in Great Britain, patents, as we called it now. And he compares it with another old one. Hashtag now. The Great Britain. Even cleans the uh, power supply Britain. cable. <laughs> mm. And of course, the rather odd, I mean, the analog, to us anyway, dragon joysticks. Looks like a black beauty. It's similar, but it's it's yeah. got a much longer handheld part. Below. Yeah. Lost the screw. Steve, you screw actually got some of those. Yeah, I got a pair of those from. Uh, Matt Witt. No. Dude, do you find those easier to hold and use than the I had never really Coco played. Coco? I haven't really played with them. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, he's got a dragon. So he turned it on, and it comes up. He's, he's quite amazed because he wasn't sure it was going to work, but he has to hold the power switch in because he's popping out automatically. And he, then he took the machine apart to try to figure out if it's something he has to replace. So he's trying to, you know, fiddle with the, the mechanics side, of it. But then place. he discovers afterwards, he takes a can of compressed air okay. and blows it out. And actually, that is what fixes the switch. And mm. then it works after that. That switch is only... Okay. So there it is running on its own. So that basically the first video is just his own intro to the dragon. Okay, cool. The second one, this is where he starts doing the gameplay stuff. Now he's, he's actually doing it on his phone, plugged in through the cassette jack. So he's loading off cassette. Okay. But here, here's his setup. He's got this like darkened room, and he's got this circular area with a TV screen in it. He's got lava lamps and like mood lighting. And yeah, all that's stuff. cool. And he apparently does a lot of his videos that way. Very so retro. Whoops. Very eighties. Go back here, you stupid thing. With a lot of bats, and you're just going to go in and murder all his bats. This seems a little crazy. Is this graphical? Anywho. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's basic, but not really. Hey, chicken nugget. Three, two. 
seem to be pretty much the same so far. Though press H for press H. And I think if you remember what he said in here, this this is a game that was also on some it's other uh, British PCs at the time too. Room by room. Is this in basic? It's solvable. Yes. Map. Okay, that explains it. Okay, so basically, so you have to try I to navigate your way out to the exit there. point. I have no idea which way. And you've got doorways that. to maneuver and stuff. And then there's objects so you can pick up in the room, like daggers and garlic and all this other thing. And, and then there's like bats that you have to wall? shoot with your gun. Okay. Um, so a little bit of arcade no, elements to it as well so as a maze game, I guess. Okay. About here. And then you got the count creepy, as he's called. Should be about here, I'm thinking. Yeah, this could right. use some optimizations, but it looks cool. Oh, that's the bat, huh? Right, only wasted yep. three and you just dropped the floor plan, which is what you need oh, like to see the map. like a map or something? Yeah. Okay. Oh. You can see the reflection of his lava lamps or whatever on his screen there in the background. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah it looks like a cool little Go iris sprite. <laughs> yeah. And the graphics Ooh, change a little bit, too. Like, you'll uh, have, on. like, um, you know, windows and something. Okay, windows. That's and, cute. Um, I'm confused now because I turned right now. Um, well, hey, uh, let's see. now I mean, one of the things you could do since those things are kind of stationary is kind of get and put them, so you don't have to like draw them and paint them every single time, you know? Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's cool. Hey, I'm get where I can show you the count creepy guy if I can find him. Let's see, count creepy. I want to suck your blood. Blah blah blah. Is he like the wizard? He's like the wizard and Daggerath, huh? But we will see what it looks like as we wander around. When is that? Start up screen. (laughs) (gasps) Fire! Fire! Count Creepy has got you. Press W to select a weapon. Okay. Uh, Use the force, Luke. One Count Creepy. (laughs) Ah ah ah! You don't have that. And his animated teeth, that's just so impressive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's kind of neat. It's kind of a little bit of an adventure game, a little bit of an arcade game, a little bit of a maze puzzle game. All written in basic, obviously. Holy water. Power of Christ. The power of Christ compels you. Garlic. Yeah, I'll... (laughs) I had that item. Wooden steak. Oh, look at the teeth. Yeah, you can see the teeth kind of coming out. One nice thing he does in his videos, though, he actually has the documentation as well. So he actually shows pictures of what the original docs look like and sometimes the original tape. And then he reads them out at the beginning so that you can actually get a background story to learn how to play the game. So for people like you that don't actually like reading, he he will read it for you like an audio book for you. Okay. All right. I think I've seen enough of this. Next. (laughs) Phantom Slayer. Now, this is funny because... Phantom Slayer is a game that I bought when it first came out by Med Systems here in 82, the same year it was released. And the, the packaging on the Dragon version of it is so much better than what they were selling here. Mine was yeah. just like a, a gray sheet of you know thick paper with just the words Phantom Slayer on the just text. Mm-hmm. This has like nice little graphics and it's, it's just a much better presentation. Yeah. I, I see why Ken K- Kalish actually favored the UK market. In fact, the last couple of games he did. He didn't even release for the Coco. He just went straight to the UK because he was getting a much better deal on royalties and he was getting much better presentations of his software. Yeah, and he made good stuff. So, um, anyway, I, I won't play Famster because we played that lots of times before, but he has the same, you know, creeped out tension, you know, hearing them, but they're not coming, what's happening type thing. It's a good video if you like Famster. Oh, Dragon Bite says, I'm going to dress up as Count Creepy for Halloween. Okay. So. <laughs> 
How are you going to do the animated teeth? That's my question. Yeah, I've got my Ron Delvo costume yeah. nearby if anybody needs to dress up as All Ron. Right. So. <laughs> and then this Ooh. one we showed before. This is the one that has that really cool top view perspective. Show me again. I remember. I vaguely remember it. There's the loading screen. I like that kind of round TV uh, thing. As everyone would know, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's this one actually has the directions orange, on it, too. Blue, so. yellow, and... Time for survival, and the current time is displayed at the top right of the screen. Well, I oh, yeah. That one was cool. Then, so, you, did, um, you had to get a certain number of keys. Ooh. Yeah, I love that perspective, and the scrolling was oh, really oh, good. That's, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Look at now, that. this one, he actually wins the first level. So. Okay. That's some lovely perspective work. Looks like, yeah, that's... <laughs> I think I need to be going up and left, don't I? Oh, yeah, and this is where we had to get the keys in order. Order, yes. And yeah, then there, you can actually right, get the like maps, too. Freaking evil right thing. there. But it doesn't tell us where the keys or anything are. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen too many games like this. That's cool. Right, well, I think I need to be going up and left, don't I? One thing I didn't notice before, but I noticed on this video, too, is that when you when you have the map view up, your timer goes twice as fast. Oh, also... Um, oh, something just got him. Okay. Yeah, jumped out the window and got him. I guess that was the rug that comes in from the window? Okay. <laughs> uh, press key try again. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to go in, man. I don't want to, man. <laughs> the worst thing is, is when you complete a level, which I got to find here. But uh... right, let's try again then. Key number two, better, but still not very uh, skeleton on the floor. That's cool. Oh, that's Stevie. Looks Just like they say yes. Yeah. Level one. <laughs> 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 it's a glass roof. Looks like you're walking along a glass roof. Yeah. I've gone away from it. Damn it. Yeah, we're dead, aren't we? And you do see a little dot where you are. So when you find the keys, you might want to take a picture with your phone to know where the various keys are. You know, yeah, that little dot right there is where it was. Oh, I gotta, I gotta show you the animation of the snake eating you too. That was funny. Do you have any sweets like that, or is that just me? And this one, he started on level two, so you got five keys to get. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Wasn't thinking. That's cool. So you don't get any second chances with the snakes. It's just no that's that. No health. It's no very British too. Is this old? You know. You <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let's have one more go. We've got an idea. Let's see if we can beat test one. Forty minutes. Forty minutes. So you know, hang on. So in order to try and win this game, I mean, just to get to level level twenty four, level twenty four, level four, you will already. I can't find stupid thing now. For forty eight minutes. That's yeah? a cool looking so game. Eight plus sixteen plus. 24, yeah, but basically, when yeah. you complete a level, he comes level. out that you know that intro screen was pushing him into the maze. Yeah. He comes walking out, yeah. then he jumps up and down, and he's all cheery, and all of a sudden the thing comes back and shoves him right back in. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find that, because it's, it's a funny animation, but I can't remember where the heck it was. Okay, that's YouTube cool. scripting kind of sucks. That's him getting eaten by the snake. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, that's might run, be the run, one run, we made. run, run, run. Now, he's already passed the timer, so I think the timer is basically a bonus. It's not like you die instantly. There you go. He got up. He's happy. (laughs) Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Not not the greatest reward system on that one. 
<laughs> we got to get more keys now. Oh dear. Okay. Next. And That's cool. Yeah. And this one, I, I actually, I, I was going to, you know, do a little bit of a preamble to this, but I think I'll just let Stevie take away since he was involved. Well, go ahead. I don't know what. Go ahead, Curtis. I don't. Um, not much. This for is me the one you helped to aid get the uh, Coco Three. Yeah, yeah. I had gotten an email from uh, Manny Wolf Two. Yes, I'd got an email from a woman, sent it to, I'm assuming just to me, and you guys didn't get a copy, so she didn't send it to Coco Talk, right? So I got an email saying, can you help me get a Coco? It's from my husband. And and her last name was Wolf, and I didn't know who the husband was, but my first thought was, is this Aaron Wolf? Because I've heard of the name Aaron Wolf in the community. I know, I don't remember who he, what he did, but I just remember hearing his name. I go... I go, Wolf, is your husband Aaron Wolf? I know there's a guy. She goes, no, it's not, you know, whatever. But she's like, I'm trying to find a computer. So I had just reached out to a few people saying, hey, does you guys have uh, any computers? We're looking for a working computer and upgrades. And um, and then um, and then Mark Marlette got back to me and said, yeah, I have uh, I have an inventory, and uh, or at least one. And so he had what he called his grade A Coco 3, which you can see looking at that picture. It's pristine. Um, and then also with the upgrades. So this has got the uh, two meg board and the 6309 and the name badge. Um, and so it's a really clean looking, fully loaded Coco 3. So, and this is for their anniversary, which is actually on the 27th, I think. So they got it early and, um, and he got it. So that's a cool wife to know what the husband wanted and try to kind of co clandestinely find out and get it for him as a surprise, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the funniest comments mm. I saw is, you know, because that's pretty rare you'd find a wife that'd be willing to do that kind of research and, and get that kind of stuff. Yeah. Somebody's saying, well, does she have a sister? And, they, and he goes, actually, she has a twin <laughs> sister, yeah, but twin she's already sister, married, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, she's already married, too, huh? Yeah, so. Yeah. And then uh, somebody in, in uh, Discord joked around, is she into polygamy at all? Because uh, we, we could share it. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just for the purpose of getting a cocoa. So no, that's good. That's good that, um, you know, that we were able to come together and help out somebody get a cocoa for a special occasion, you know. Yeah. So that's definitely. And a, a maxed out one, too. So yeah. there, Chet, there's another uh, mm. one ready to go for your, your next game. That's a good community success story right there. Hmm. And this one, I was hoping Rick was going to be on the show today so he could give us a bit more details or any updates to this. But uh, he's been going through his Temple of Rom source code again <clears throat> uh, and kind of giving some you know, thoughts and, and some stuff he's discovered that he'd forgotten about in the code and some stuff he didn't even know was in the code. Because um, he's working on uh, doing a sequel or an updated version of it at any rate. Um, but basically, uh, he mentions the fact that he sees some code that was added in after the fact to be able to switch between color sets for RGB and composite. So they must have re-released it after the Coco 3 came out. Okay. Um, and then some of the breaks in the stories you can tell, because we've heard the story when we interviewed him, how he had the actual code on three separate cassettes and he had to load them all in a row and he had to keep, you know, freeze drying his Coco to make sure it wouldn't crash. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually figured out because of the weird jumps and stuff he did between the different segments where the different breaks in the code were. Like this was tape one, this was tape two, this was tape three. So he's not got the document. So he's got a whole GitHub project you can link to on there to take a look at it. But now he's extending it. He's going to be adding to the maps and he might be adding levels and you just kind of figure out what he's going to add, but he's going to be doing an updated version of it. So I was, like I said, I was hoping you'd be on to give us some more detail on that, but we'll let him speak for himself the next time he is. Yeah. He, he did chime in on Facebook earlier in the show when uh, chat was on. So um, I don't know if he's still out there. Yeah. 
Oh, here's yeah. one of the, the map. Yeah, I remember him talking about how he discovered the um, aggravation zones of the monsters. So how, you know, like an imaginary box around each creature, when you, as soon as you entered that box, that's when they would chase you and stuff. He was talking yeah. about that kind of stuff. Um, no, that's well, it's neat. cool. There's actually multiple Temple of Ron projects. I mean, Rick's doing an update himself. Mm-hmm. And then there's that 3D version that's getting done by the right. guy that actually gave the maps back to Rick here. So, mm-hmm. And then a, a potential... Temple of Rom 2 at some point in time by yeah. Rick himself. And this is an update from Neil Blanchard. Um, he put up a cocoa with some of the Game Master cartridge boards that are being manufactured. He's doing all the soldering and stuff for it. Okay. Um, as he mentions, you know, Canadian winter is approaching quickly here. And uh, this is the type of stuff you do in the cold when you don't want to go outside. So Very stay cool. by the heat of your soldering iron. Except in my case, it goes <laughs> on my hair. <laughs> Cheap Canadian labor. And I didn't know if Simon was going to be on the show to give a better explanation of this. Um, he's fiddling with a technique that, as far as I can tell, he's taking the primary elements of color, red, green, and blue. And in order to create sort of a dithering effect that looks pretty pretty good, he's actually doing every scan line. He's alternating between those. So he goes to a red scan line with the various shades of red, and then the green scan with the various shades of green and blue, et cetera. So this is a, a zoom-up of the, what it kind of looks like. That's cool. And then he did a, a real zoom up, I think, on the next one. Wow. So this you can see where he's doing oh, it. So yeah, he's got yeah. the green scan with the various shades of green, the uh-huh. black being a possible color, then the reds, then the green. So it's kind of like the way a TV works now. Yeah, that's, yeah I was going to say, this is like zooming in on a CRT right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the old CRTs did it kind of a triangular shape, if I remember correctly, didn't they? Uh, it depends. The Sony Trinitrons yeah. did a, a triangle shape. Yeah. And the others did an inline, inline shape with three guns in line. We're going to get kind of like this is. We're going to get to that. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Yeah. okay, good. Well, then yeah, the CRT him... dot mask usually just made it circles for the yeah. individual dots. Well, since Simon's here, Simon, you can explain this a lot better than I would. Is going to be able to make it up on my own. So, yeah, it's just it basically is. You've got ten colors. You've got black. You've got three shades of blue, three shades of red. Three shades of green. And you're conversing any bitmap from 256 colors to this on a per scan line basis. Um, what we're going to try right now is doing the triangular thing, like the Trinitron. But we're going to try putting them beside each other. Um, the reason I wanted to do it like this uh, was because uh, I wanted all my raster time left to be able to put something on top of this. Because right now I've got only 10 colors going. There's no white in there. There's only black, three shades of red, three shades of green, three shades of blue. Yeah, that's what the palette you're showing here is. Yeah, I want to be putting some sprites on top of this. I want to be doing all kinds of funky things with this. How much CPU is it taking to do this? Is this like killing the CPU or no? Nothing, nothing. And this is just a straight display. Okay, so this is not doing a per scan line palette hack or shift or Hi, anything this like is that. Ron Delvo. Hi, Ron. Hi. Hi. Ron, can you read your mic? We need to Everybody, that's Ron Delvo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a 640 version of this. I have a 640 version of this where I'm shifting. Because 640 is only like four colors per scan of, sorry, four, four colors, colors in the mode, yeah. So I'm shifting that RGB per scan line and, mm. and 
dot pitch on 640 is so much better. Okay. Yeah. You must have posted that after I was doing the news here because I didn't see that one. <laughs> no, it looks good, especially like you know when mm, you when mm. you like take two steps back and you look at it, you it really looks like it, a high level of color there. If you if you see it from distance, it's probably yeah. better from a distance. Yeah. Yeah, I figured mm-hmm. that because, like you said, it's kind of a zoom up of what the actual. If you look really close at a CRT, that's what it's kind of doing. That's what most on. people say about me too. I look much better from a distance. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or with a cloak over your head too. I've heard that yeah. works. So well, but. <laughs> now, this is like a magic eye puzzle. You just have to relax your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm up to at the moment. That's neat. Never work. And now, yeah, I mean, just yeah. because I insulted Steve, we'll do another Steve story. All um, right. Well, Steve-related story, I guess. Um, the election had Stevie as being the new Glenside newsletter editor. And the new newsletter is out. It's got some tweaks that Steve did. I don't know if you've got plans for doing some more tweaks in the future. Too, uh, hopefully, you? yeah. Did you, is there anything specifically you want to point out that's in the current issue we should take a look at? Or well, the first thing I noticed. the newsletter in general? Yeah, so right there where it says Glenside Color Computer Club, that is a graphic I stole from their website to replace a black and white image that had been on the newsletter forever. So I just thought a little splash of color would be nice. Um, now, in the process of doing that, I was also given a little history lesson on that graphic. So I did include that on, on, the, on the back of the magazine, too. And then I also um, just kind of used some dot matrix fonts to make it look like it was still printed like on an old news cocoa newsletter on a dot matrix printer. You know, so I wanted to, you know, just give it a kind of a fusion of some old and some new, you know. Yeah, and, there's and, your name emblazoned. Yeah, and what I will say about this is that 99.9% of all this newsletter was already handed to me. I basically just re-massaged it. You know, I didn't create it at all. I was I was really given this on a silver platter. I just put some I uh, put some garnish on there, you know. So yeah, because it's this multi-column, that wasn't on the original. No, and part of this came from, it was in this two-column template where things kind of flowed from one column to the other, and I could not wrap my brain around that, how they did it. And since I have to create my own things moving forward, I kind of redid a few things. I used tables and stuff, so it was easier for me to manage it. Um and then this, so this is this is all came straight from John Mark Mobley. This was all the pictures and stuff he wrote from the uh, picnic, which we live streamed some of this. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately, they did not give us food, so I was disappointed in that. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then his little little tidbit on the Cocoa Fest coming up. Yeah, That's and a- Bruce Moore's rough. I think he's already been changing this new logo that he was doing here. All right. And I think we had some stuff from the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a great. Thing that put together by, um, gosh, why am I having a brain freeze right now? Um, right there, Salvador Garcia. Yes, I'm having a brain freeze. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> Salvador put all this together. This was great. He took a lot of pictures and did a lot of research on everything he took a picture of. So the write up in here is really good. Um, go, go back to that first page for that picture. That was our Friday night, and that was our special guest. We all, we, our special guest, the 8 bit guy. <laughs> Um, had dinner with us, so we kidnapped him at the airport and brought him with us against his will to have dinner. Um, uh, so that was our Friday night, and then it kind of goes on to all the different stuff that went. I'm trying to remember, you told me before, but what was the ransom amount to get him out? <laughs> it was the Commodore 64, <laughs> is what somebody had to pay up to get him out. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, that picture there you just scrolled past there. That is the Tandy Vision, which is Radio Shack's version of the Intellivision. But it actually had an add-on for a keyboard where you could you play on the synthesizer of the Tandy Vision sound chip 
with an actual keyboard. So it's kind of like a MIDI type, you know, electronic instrument, which I thought was, was it monophonic cool. or polyphonic? Honestly, or did you I would imagine one? probably at least polyphonic. I didn't play with it, but the sound chip supported multiple notes. So hopefully the keyboard did too. Yeah, cool. Actually, since you actually do have some stories behind these, I'll scroll a bit slower and you can just stop me when you... Yeah. Um, yeah, this was him taking some pictures of Jim Brain's booth um, and all the stuff yeah. he had, which was really cool. Right? So there's his Commodore. There's his Tesla coil. Um, if you scroll yeah. down a little bit yeah. more there, um, Commodore 64 connected to a little TV, but it's also sitting on top of a huge console TV if you scroll down just a little bit more there. Um, you, you would see, not want to put that Tesla coil on when it's that close to that electronics. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fired up at the time, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, that, yeah, that wood grain TV on the bottom, though, that's exactly what I had in my Coco One when yeah, I first got yeah. it. And, that and that's was, the one I scared the crap out of me playing Phantom Slayer, actually. Wow. And and if you think about it, that was a lot of people's, that was the family TV. That yep. was the TV you had in your entire house. And then typically what would happen when those things eventually went bad, you ended up with a 19-inch TV just sitting on top of that. <laughs> yep. It became a stand. <laughs> yeah, it became a TV stand. Four weeks for, for it to get repaired. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you gra- or you grabbed a bunch of tubes and you went to the Radio Shack and you plugged them in to test them all out and make sure they all worked. Yeah. So neat stuff. Yeah, console TV. So there's uh, he had displaying off some of his cocoa products and there's Belle Brain, the lovely daughter of Jim Brain, with a lot of her baked goods. Um, oh, you know they didn't they didn't have a picture of his warranty returns. <laughs> I think those were all under the table, weren't they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, that is uh, this Coco SDC extender looking like, right? Um, yep, Philharmonic right 12 card there, uh, which is a clone of the Symphony 12. And uh, the one Chet's writing drivers for for VCC. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Jim saying my kids were aghast when I bought that. So here now here's some here's the uh, the Dave Murray section, right? So that's his his uh, Commander X16 computer. When he was on our show, he was talking about that, but now we actually got to see it firsthand. Um, the 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 um, new Commodore computer uh that he's building which is pretty cool so that was on display there's the 8-bit guy in person um very cool stuff and then this was uh malcolm ramey right who's a friend of the trash talkers he has all he had this whole display which i think also made its way to tandy assembly these were all um basically private label trs-80 systems where it's kind of like the tdp 100 these were model one two threes and fours that just had a different name on them that were sold. Yeah, I didn't by even other know people. those existed until yeah. you guys showed these. So that was really neat. Yeah, and we covered this on the show mm-hmm. too, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, so that was kind of. This cool is this is see. not in shaky cam, so I thought it'd be nice to go through. Yeah, true, true, right? Yes, yeah. so, I mean Salvador did a great job capturing all this. Um, cool stuff. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Right um, now we start to see Coco Corner. There you can see David, you know, and you see Tony Pedraza back there. Uh, so David's hard at work. Uh, comments on his uh, food bag where they're from the, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the what's the name of the place Portatellos right so yeah. yeah so David's food bag was there um, of course you got pictures of David lots of pictures of David so if you guys you know he's he's very photogenic the camera loves David Ladd so he's got lots of pictures and he always there. has such interesting facial expressions <laughs> <laughs> yeah David Lamb, use only as directed. Right, and so here's a picture of some of Richard's <laughs> projects he was working on. Richard wasn't actually there, and that and here's here's what he said: "It was Richard can make your cocoa uh, better, faster, and stronger." <laughs> Six million dollar man type <laughs> yeah, stuff. Right, yeah. we have the technology. <laughs> there he is. There's Henry Reitveld. Um, 
right? With his stuff, keep on going, keep on scrolling. Right, there's Richard, smiling Richard. Richard working on projects. Lots of pictures. There's John Mark talking to people. Good stuff. Um, yeah, there's our new president. And uh, Neil Blanchard. There's Jason the Cocoa Man. Speaking of a guy who the camera loves. Right? Um, here's one of the little... I threw this one in. This was in the group photos that we took. So, um, nice. Right? So, seeing some of the Glenside folks and... The Coco Talk folks, we're all actually we're all Glenside folks, anyways, right? We're all members of the club. So. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell is Greg Grant looking at there. I think he was looking at my finger when it first happened. I'm doing like the uh, peace sign behind him, the bunny ears. So maybe I distracted oh, okay. him or something. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, good stuff. This yeah, again, Salvador threw this again. There's the joystick. Go to that joystick there. I'm supposed to have one of those. I don't have mine yet. It hasn't come in. So Sheldon McDonald's working on this joystick. He said he sent me one. Um, I haven't got it yet, though. So that's the one he wants me to use to play um, Downland with. Um, oh, cool. So we'll do a kind of a review of it when you, when yeah, you get it. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, so this is basically like, you know, th- this is a lot of news links that Salvador gathered um, and put together in here. And they're all links that you can pull up from the newsletter, uh, hyperlinks. Um, and then the calendar of events going on there, right? And then uh, this is a little thing I added here. I call the Cocoa Community Corner. So I just have some links to a few things like the Glenside website, the TRS-80 Facebook group, and the mailing list, things like that. So, you know, I've got a little bit of experience compiling links at this point. So I thought it'd be nice to put those in the website uh, or in the mailing list, I should say, since I don't think that's been done before. Um, And then this was Bruce Moore's first first comic strip. So that's kind of cool to see that in there. And then last but not least, this was the original logo of the newsletter. And, and when I was speaking with Bob Swoger about this, he was basically telling me the history. This graphic was generated on a Coco 3, and they actually had printed it out one time with a pen plotter and had a big you know paper printout of this. But it's kind of historic having this logo because it was generated on a Coco, and it was meant to show off the power of the Coco 3. So, um, but I, I just chose to change the logo, but I'm also asking people, hey, give us your feedback. What do you think? Did, do you like the change or do you like tradition? So um, we'll see about that. Yeah, but yeah, that, different answers from different people, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a fun project to do. So, you know, when we get into project updates, that's one of mine down cool <laughs> actually the last few stories here are all you so i'm just going to show okay so i guess we're transitioning away. over to project updates at this point then, right? yeah we're, so. we're transitioning over over to stevie talk it's a yeah. subsidiary of, of coco talk so <laughs> hey curtis i sent you a link by the way i don't know if you saw that yet well where did in you zoom it? in zoom oh no i haven't seen it yeah it's a uh, youtube for ed oh okay we'll have to pull that up I, I haven't seen it yet either, unless he did it a while ago. I'm not seeing any links. Uh, was it a private link to Curtis then? Yeah, yeah okay. I can put it in the public if you guys like. Okay, no, that's fine, as long as Curtis sees it. All right, so what this is right now is this is something that's been overdue for about a year now, but uh, I have taken uh, the episodes where Steve Bjork did his programming in assembly and broken them out into um, – Basically, this this standalone episodes that you can watch in a playlist. So the the first ten episodes are here, which is covering all the sixty nine sixty eight oh nine instructions and everything else. There's two more I have to publish, which were the two demo um, that Steve came up with. One was called Moving a Dot, and the other one was kind of like the uh, bouncing balls, the pong looking thing. So those videos will get posted shortly, but you can basically watch the lessons now. 
Um, and you don't have to watch the whole episode of Coker Talk. So it starts right away with the lesson. You watch the lesson, there's a small break, and then there was the Q&A that followed that that's there. Um, in here also are the links where you can download all the slides. So I've made a page on the Coco Talk website where you can go to there. And then from there, you can download um, uh, a zip file, which has all 12 of the uh, slides in PDF format and two folders that contain the assembly source code files and disk images you can use to run the demos. So um, all in one nice tight package. We have not, I have not promoted this yet publicly. We're, we're debuting this news here on the show, but I'll start sharing the links to this playlist and making this playlist public uh, after this episode. Cool. And it looks like you're also including, uh, was it Paul Fiscrelli that did the... Uh, yeah, I also never? put in the, play, in the playlist um, Paul's videos of the Long Branch Never to show you how to set up the development environment. Um, using the Notepad++ and an emulator. So if you want to start doing some cross-assembly, um, you're going to have not only all the lessons on assembly, but now how to set up and run you know, an editor assembler on an emulator on your computer. Cool. That's going to be really useful. Yeah. Now here's my question. Yep. One, one of the things I was thinking about is, should I publish those two as video podcasts? You think somebody in iTunes might want to download these and have them on a tablet I think it would be worthwhile putting on because that, that's something that doesn't – it isn't uh, time-sensitive like the show itself is. Like we're talking about news that, you know, three years down the road nobody's going to really care about. Right. But this is something that anybody joining the Coco community or 6809 for that matter, you know, years hence would find equally as valuable then as they would now. Yeah. So I think it would be a good idea to put them on there mm. so they're permanently available to everybody. Okay. So I'll go ahead mm. and upload yeah. them as well to uh, to Podbean. So if you have uh, iTunes, you can download them and have them offline for later watching. And and I want to thank Steve for the time he spent doing this for us because it was a treat to have these lessons and this information. And um, And I'm way behind on getting them posted and taking advantage of them. So I'm trying to play catch up. In getting back to my cocoa projects. This is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. And I got to cool. find this link that uh, Grant was talking about here. Okay, he posted it to everyone too in the Zoom chat. Yeah, it's, it's regarding Ed's uh, uh, cartridge that you just mentioned, the first of the uh, news thing, but it's an actual video with the demo. Hey everybody! Uh-huh. It's a quick little video loud showing yep. one of my uh, orchestra compatible clones being used by uh, Sockmaster's Coco Tracker. Uh, just to see what it looks like. It actually does work in stereo and everything with with the Orc 90. So here's a little video. Turn it up a little bit. And uh, if you're wondering why the video is so crisp, it's not an emulator. This machine actually has a Gimme X in it. Ooh. That's VGA. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Let's give it a listen. Yeah, if you have headphones on, you can actually hear the stereo. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Sing along if you know the words. (laughs) Now, when should I stop before the copyright hits? (laughs) Ah, let it go, man. This is good. Also notice the oscilloscope on the bottom there at the left half and the right half actually is a left and right channel, so you see they're playing separately at certain points. Hmm. 
those two waveforms, you mean? Yeah, basically you divide it right in the middle. There's an invisible line, and once anything left of that is the left channel, anything right of that is the right channel. Oh, okay. Better stop it there, or else we're going to get that. That's fine. Sounds good. That's but good. Yeah, it's 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 pretty hmm. impressive. I mean, I mean, Sox mod player is impressive in and of its own. And that's not at the best fidelity. He actually optimized that particular demo to run the oscilloscope at a nice, really fast pace, about 7.9 kilohertz. If you disable, not disable, but if you slow down the oscilloscope pretty drastically, you can actually get up to almost 10 kilohertz playing in stereo. That's but that requires a 6 or 9. That's cool. Hmm. So, Nick, this is one of the reasons that I guess I, I don't think Sock has the Orc 90 working with the 6809 version of the mod player, just the 6809 version, because it needed some extra CPU time to keep up with it. Right. Yeah, we're gonna have to get you upgraded there, son. Yes, that would be mm. awesome. Right, man. There's just so many products that um, Ed Snyder has. You know, the things he's made throughout the years. Um, this cool, cool stuff. Um, is, does that conclude the news? That L. Concludes the news. Curtis Other than Blum? mentioning that Brian Weasler has joined us. That's uh, Brian Weasler has been just joined us. Uh, and so, Rick Adams and Brian Schubring. Rick I Adams is here too. And Rick so Rick, Adams do you want to give us an update on your Temple of Rom, since that was one thing we were talking about earlier? Uh, sure. Um, it's th- That project has reached a turning point uh, where I'm just about to, to pull the trigger on going from one phase of the project to another, which is up until now it's been a disassembly of the original game. Uh, and then I just sort of buffed it up a little bit, uh, made a couple of areas a little more... Uh, 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 you know, organized and, and faster and uh, commented it and that sort of thing. But now I'm about to go away from the historical, the historic game and go to the next version of the game where it's going to have four levels, uh, more monsters, more treasures and all that sort of thing. So when I do that, I'll have turned a corner and I'll be taking it away from its historic roots and changing all kinds of things. And that makes me feel really weird, but, you know, I got to do it. So I'm, I'm using Git for my uh, version control. So I'm going to put that in a different branch and then just start changing everything. I'm going to be taking the old uh, maze line data and pulling that out. I'm going to be firing up uh, Photoshop and drawing uh, four levels of a new maze uh, and going from there. Uh, the whole project started uh, originally. The the goal was I was going to code this from scratch. It was going to be a lot like Temple of Ram, but it was going to be for a Cocoa Three only. Uh, and thing life happened, and I decided not to do it that way. So I'm going to start with the uh, uh, the disassembly of the original Ram that William Astle did, and. Uh, uh, I'm going to, you know, basically just change it from that. So I'm going to be uh, removing things like, you know, you've got the, the the really crazy branching that starts the game where it branches to another branch, which branches to another branch, and then branches to the initialization code. Well, I'll just take all of that out, just go directly to initialization code, you know, rip out all the line data and, you know, and start changing things like crazy. But then I'll still be able to get to the old version of it, uh, which will be published out on the GitHub. Uh, 
I'm probably going to make a lot of drastic changes, uh, but not push that out to a branch visible on the, the, the GitHub. So what, what you'll see on the GitHub is the original game just buffed up quite a bit. Okay. Uh, one thing I did do is I think I probably already told you that there was a, there was a bug, an actual bug in the original game, and I got rid of that. The, the, so the, the, the vertical scrolling the, was missing one lines. pixel? And yeah. did you mention you were going to get rid of the ticka 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 sound and put in a more pew 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 sound, or did you do that yet? Or um, I tried to do that and did not succeed. Uh, I have a version of the game that has the sound in it, but for some reason I just can't get the sound to work right. Mm. It makes a nice pew pew sound, but it ends with a thud. Mm. It like goes pew. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <And I, laughs> it's not going pew pew. It's going puke puke. <laughs> puke. <laughs> so I'm kind of tempted right now to stay with the ticka 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 uh, okay. and just start working on uh, you know the four new levels. Can I make yeah. one humble suggestion just as a huge fan? Um, of, of you and your game. Big fan of your work, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so you're talking about making well, new levels. Well, sweeten it up a little yeah. bit there. You, yeah. You're talking about making new levels. What I think would be yeah. great is whatever the new levels are, it would be kind of cool to have the first level still be exactly the same as it was. And then when you go to level two, three, and four, if, if it has to be, have this whole Wizard of Oz thing where you leave one thing and go to the next. But it would be great to start off with the kind of legacy game we're used to and then the next level is all the new stuff just food for thought yeah that is an interesting idea and it's actually one that i already had okay so great I great minds think alike yes they do <laughs> now i have a question for you too because you had mentioned before sure. when we interviewed about it uh, you were mentioning that you had one big room you're planning to have a space invaders game and stuff in are you planning right. on implementing that stuff as well in the new version no that's just not that's beyond my capabilities. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Okay. That was a great idea, but I don't think I can pull that off. <laughs> cool. Although, well, we'll have to see. When we go to... to uh, uh, it's going to be multiple levels, but the levels are going to be slightly smaller than the entire maze as it is now. Um, so... And I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to uh, optimize the, the line drawing so that everything's a lot faster. I'm not sure if I'll succeed or not, but um, I'm hoping to get, you know, quite a speed increase so that we can afford to throw in more monsters, more treasures, more computational tasks, uh, you know, to make the game a little bit fancier. Now, it's a, it, you're, you're planning it now to being back to being a Cocoa 1 2 compatible game. Is the right. system requirements, I would guess, because of all the stuff you're adding, will be higher than the original? Are you going for like a 32K minimum or right. 64K? Or? Yes. 32, I would think. Okay. Well, sign me up okay. for a copy. I'd like to okay. put, put me down as a, as a consumer. So, right. Uh, um, you'll, you'll, you'll put I'll, you down I'll, all the time, never Stevie. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, okay, before we continue more updates, how about we take a commercial break? Because we're now transitioning into the new segment, which is Project Updates. 
So we'll take a commercial break and then we'll come back and we'll get into project updates and acquisitions. And we have Lord Dragon who has joined us, who's going to give us an update on his disk utility as well. Um, so we'll be back in just a moment with more Coco Talk. Stay tuned. Hey there, it's Andrew here with the Tandy Speech and Sound Cartridge that I won from Coco Talk Live. So uh, next time, make sure to tune in. It may change your life. Got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. Hi. Nick Marionette on electricity. Crikey! Electricity's a fad. The big market is just open flame. Brought to you by Nitro Stein, Ease of Use Edition. Hashtag OS9 Forever. Alright, thought I'd mix it up there a little bit, throwing a little bit of crikey for us. Oh, so we're back with with updates. And so we heard from Rick Adams. Rick, did you have more to to, to share with us on that project? You're muted. Still muted. You're muted. I'm going to hit unmute all. I don't know if that's working. Hmm. Rick, you're not muted all now. Right. Try it again. Hey. Uh, no, I don't have anything really, uh, other than just mentioning my GitHub. But uh, uh, go to templeofrom.com, and there's a link to my to my GitHub. So. Okay, and I believe we've been posting that in the live chat too for people okay. to get to. Sorry so about that. Yeah, one of our producers is, is on top of that. We're a professional show here, so. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> actually, I just I just have some uh, late. I don't know if you quite call it news, but uh, in the Dragon Group, they actually posted the uh, program guide for the Six Out of Nine Color Show, which is a show in the UK for both Dragon and Coco users, uh, kind of like a rainbow fest, uh, if you guys want to see what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Let me stop sharing so you can share. Go ahead, L. Curtis. This just in, people. The six, oh, they see they spell calor correctly, at least here you can see yes, that too. Yeah. Proper English spelling. Calor uh. for dragons and Tandy users. <laughs> Ooh, at the Royal Horticultural Hall. Micro deal. 
That's cool that they had a little logo guy. You know, he kind of looks like the yeah. kid from a Christmas cool. story. Um, <laughs> 6809 Calore show. Yeah, and the dragon and the cocoa both prominently featured up by the logo there. 1984. I don't know if this went on multiple years or not. But, hey, uh, do you notice that font looks very similar to the font I used in the new newsletter? Isn't that yep. ironic? It's kind of the CGP 115 style font, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was going for. I was going for that old publication look, you know? Dragon is alive and well. And this is just when Eurohard took over in Spain, took over the production of the Dragon, because this is right when Dragon data went under. Okay. So been, and the different uh, vendors that were there, including some we've seen on some of these videos for Dragon. Blabby games. computer games, huh? <laughs> Compu yep. Sense, computer bookshops. Kumana, Cable Software Unlimited, Design Design. I wonder if Right Railed, Right Railed works for them. So, uh, <laughs> Dragon, Dragon User, User Magazine. Duckworth, Duckworth Computing. What's a Duckworth? Uh, <laughs> CompuSense Limited. Well, you bucks just like in town. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Data Pen, Flight Link Control, Grosvenor Software, Honeyfold. Mm, Honeyfold. Impsoft. Wow. New expanding software company announcing their first major Dragon release, Follies Farms Chicken Run. See the rave reviews. An arcade game with, which retails for £7.95, huh? But will be on special offering during the show for only four ninety five. It's going to help you with your queries. Yeah, Micro Deal, <laughs> Micro Care, 68 Micro Group. Wow, great turnout of uh, vendors, huh? Exploring Adventures on the Dragon. Neat. Even our deck is their logo. Ah, and there's the floor plan of the event. That's cool. Oh, so they're all numbered. And bar. That, that was the most important part. Yes. So Ooh. all the ta- <laughs> all the tables are numbered. <laughs> Pretty good size show, but it looks yeah, like there's yeah. 70-some-odd booths, or 80, actually, 80-plus. 80 so this is a great little slice of history here. It's Channel 8 software. It's kind of like Big 5 for the TRS-80, huh? Channel 8, huh? The golden... Yeah. yeah. All their mysterious adventures, which are also for the Atari, the BBC, the Commodore, the Dragon, Neat. New York, Atmos, and the Spectrum. Neat. There's some more of the companies. Yeah. What? Some love for the Apple? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Great computer was, was the Apple that popular in the UK though? I don't know. Um, no, not really. But strangely enough, before they started making them in Ireland uh, for the European market, they did a deal with ITT. So there's a model called the ITT 2020, which basically looks like an Apple II, but it's slightly different. Maybe. Salamander software I've seen. How many pages is this before? thing? This thing just goes on and on, huh? It was a pretty big show. Yeah. It, it, I'm assuming it was more like the, the Rainbow Fest were back in the day when there was like yeah. hundreds and thousands of people at them. So. Wow. Did you see Sky Joe? 95 pounds. I wonder how much U.S. dollars that was back in the 80s. I think at that time, wasn't it like it was two, two and a quarter, like $2.25 per pound or something like that for the U.S. dollar? I can't remember exactly. but. Oh, so it would be like twice as much. as A little bit more than twice as much if I remember correctly. Wow. Was Sky Joust another another uh, version of Joust? I haven't seen it before, so I couldn't even tell you. 
was on there when you. I haven't seen this before either. I think I just I just saw this. Yeah, we're gonna have to dig into this. Yeah, we'll have to dig into this later. That that looks pretty cool though. There's one of their joysticks, huh? Yeah. All right. Oh, and that's different. That's a, something else. Some boombox, huh? Mm-hmm. Showstoppers from Microdeal. And some of those you'll see are Cocoa games that got sent over to the UK market, like Caterpillar Attack, Intergalactic Force, hmm. Alcatraz. That's like Tom Mix and Antico and a few others. Anyway, cool. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that though. is. That's very neat. What I'll do is I'll, I'll post it on Discord, and then if somebody wants to throw in the art, well, maybe I'll just throw just the th- too, th- so. Yeah, we'll also throw the link out here in the live in the uh, YouTube chat so people can grab that too. What's that uh, schematic for? Hmm. Looks like gates and stuff. Yes, a it's a CAD program, so I mean that's basically program. designing it. Yeah, I think it's just showing oh, examples oh, of what you can design oh, I got you. with. Mm-hmm. CAD thirty-two, huh? It's CAD on the cocoa. Yeah, there was a Coco 3 cat, actually. The guy that developed it actually lives on my street. Um, it was on sale in the early 90s, just after Rainbow shut down, but it was advertised back in 68 Micros, and it was uh, an electronic circuit CAD program for the Coco 3 only. Wow. And Alan, the guy oh. that uh, wrote it, actually literally lives like a block from me. Is it still possible to get a cup of that somewhere? I asked him. He doesn't have any of his Coco stuff anymore, so I'm hoping somebody else got it. He did oh, say he sure. sold a few copies, so. I'd actually like to experiment with that, being electronics, you know, designer myself. Yeah, nothing like, you know, using an old computer to design old circuits, right? So at least it's all... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the, appropriate. The retro, you know? Yeah, exactly. Period right. correct. Period correct, yes. Uh, all right, so who else, uh, who else had an update they wanted to share with us? Um, uh, speaking of period correct, did you guys see the uh, video that Dropbox made of a 8-bit commercial. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Using the dial-up modem and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do have one thing. Uh-oh, Jason the Cocoa Man Record has something. Does it involve soap powder? It doesn't, but, okay. um, you know, with today's, you know, the high the high raising prices of entertainment, uh, the... Uh, the TRSA, the Radio Shack Electronics scoreboard is a, is a great value. <laughs> Today's rising entertainment cost. That's yeah. a real value. Yes, look at that thing. Yeah. Huh? Did you have yeah. a microphone in your hand? You'll go far, but <laughs> Go far? <laughs> microphone. I had a microphone. I have this. But, yeah, and it, it runs on, what, it, six AA batteries this thing takes. And the, uh, the, uh, the uh, second controller does apart. And, oh, uh, look at that. It looks like a walkie-talkie on one end. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And it beeps. Have you tried it on a flat screen? <laughs> I, I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> well, the gun, was, the gun wouldn't work. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the target. That's like Duck Hunt without the duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got the beep there. I, I just, you know, just yeah, that's cheating. You can't. You're too close to the TV. Oh, it's a small room anyway. If <laughs> no. I want to have the, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, now I, then you can't see. So come on, sharpshooter. Isn't there like five games on that thing, like a pong and a? Uh, we have Target. We have Skeet, which is a is the square going in a different pattern. Okay. And uh, then we have uh, tennis. Your. 
You have tennis, tennis with a with a, with a, some safety bumpers on the side there a little bit, huh? Yeah, we have that, and then we have uh, hockey. Oh, that's hockey. That's the goal. That okay. Oh, what is that? And two players. I got yeah, two paddles. Yeah, yeah, because there's a a, a detach a, a detachable um, uh, left mm-hmm. left player. Okay, uh, controller. So you got and, a you uh, got a goalie and a forward in your hockey there. So yeah, well the two the two move yeah move at the same time, and then we have squash. I'm not sure what we're squashing, and then uh, and then and then we have this game called. Practice. Practice. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the game that tells you that you're awful. (laughs) So Stevie, this would be this would be your this would be your game setting, I believe. Well if 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 the whole room was was enclosed and the ball never left the screen, then I might have a chance. We get, that, it actually does have a couple toggle switches for you know we can we can speed it up and the ah. bat size can be changed. Oh, to small. look at that! And hmm. uh, slice. I'm not sure what slice is, but max or minimum, and then we have manual or an autos, manual and auto serve. And uh, I do have I do have the box. Wow! And this that. is this is something I probably had for 20. I don't have it. There's no packing materials in it. But this is probably something I've had for like 20 some years now, and I just. I kept seeing the ad. I'm like, I got to pull this out of storage and see if it still works. So. All right. I'm, I'm trying sure. to remember. They made two versions of this. They had one with a gun built into it, too, didn't they? Yeah. This, this, yeah. This, this yeah. one has the, uh, the phaser gun. Plugs into the... Uh, yeah. With the rising entertainment w. costs, it's a real yeah. value. There uh, it is. There it Jason, is. Jason. Uh, yes. Go out in public with that gun and just see what the police it's now to, we've now entered the segment of the show called Good Idea, Bad Idea. <laughs> you know, officer, yeah, is, you're looking awful like a dot right now. Was, was it uh, was it easy to hook up too? There was a screwdriver involved. Well, uh, back in the day, there would have been, but it just has the RCA, the RCA connector. So I, I just used one of those little adapters that goes from RCA to uh, F connector. Roger that. Yeah, so that's, that's that's all I had. It just it was good. It works good for a gag. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. Hmm. So six AA batteries that are dead in an hour, right? Uh, <laughs> they, they could be, but uh, they're all in here. I, and I then after I dug up all the batteries, I found there is a nine volt DC input on the side of it. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so was, was this on eBay? No, I, I I think I picked this up at a flea market twenty year, twenty plus years ago. It's been in storage. I have like a whole I have a whole collection of just Pong games <laughs> that I bought. I, I you know the late nineties. I would go around to the um, flea markets and stuff, and I would buy all this stuff cheap. You know, yeah, Atari people would give them away for dollars. Probably the ama- the amount of stuff I could buy for. I, I'd get these boxes of stuff for twenty dollars and, and, yeah. and cheap, and it was just it was it was dirt cheap then, and that, that's where I got most of my stuff. But at the time, I just wanted them. Like I didn't have a lot of this stuff, or I didn't have like a Atari fifty two hundred, those kind of things. So I that that was my weekly weekly routine for quite some time, going to the flea market and uh, finding this stuff. Hey, Grant, if you got the itch for one, just go out to eBay. There's about three of them, so if you really. Hey Brian, the yeah, music I hate, man. I, I hate to see the price. <laughs> today, with today's rising entertainment costs, this is still a great value. Yeah, yeah they start. They start out about less than ten bucks. Okay, oh, that's not bad. bad. 
Yeah. Brian, the music man, you got anything you want to share with us? Anything you've been working on? Oh, just, uh, well, I just uh, got a new uh, microphone, a uh, Samsung G-Track. How is it coming through anyway right now? Oh, you sound okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sounds good here. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the only other thing that I di- did was, uh, you know, I put up on Facebook was uh, getting a new rack for all my equipment and whatnot and getting everything more modularized. Okay. Which, well. So, so this will make uh, make traveling to Cocoa Fest and setting up a little easier? This segment oh, yeah. and you know, I, nausea I just vision. got everything uh, set up now and put a switching power supply back in there and uh, with a uh, fuse block so that I can put everything. I just put, racked everything got together. It's a little bit heavier, but everything is a lot easier to set up now. It's just boom, way it goes. And, you know, I can just turn everything on and off one switch now. So. Hey, John Mark Mobley just joined us, too. Hey, John Mark. You know, Glenside's in the house. Cool. Good job there, Brian. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm mm. going to be getting off. I got to do some work for my boss out in California, and I'm going to f- want to go to a flea market, a haunted flea market. Ooh, it started like uh, thirty minutes ago. Spooky. Yeah. So, um, so Brian, did you get a copy of the new <coughs> of the new newsletter? Yes, I did. I actually l- approve very highly of uh, what was done. Oh. Did a really excellent job there, Steve. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. Um, <laughs> so cool, cool. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised that they uh, changed the name of the um, the president's plan. When I was president, I was uh, the president's term. Oh, okay. I don't know how long it's been that. It's been that oh, for it's, yeah. It's been for for that. That I I changed it uh, for myself. You know, presidential uh, at the time prerogative. Okay. So, all right. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Lord Dragon said he wanted to up- show us an update on his disc utility. Did anybody else have any updates they wanted to share as well? I've got a little update. It's an uh, update on the, um, you might see the background behind me here, is uh, a, a screen from a Coco one. Yes. Um, I've got a, I was experimenting during the week just feeding um External inputs into my uh, new Polycom video conferencing system, which I'm using for for my live feed here. Okay. And uh, that what we're seeing in the background is actually a real Coco One um, with a real output um, VGA output. It's it's one of my Coco Ones here with uh, with a Coco VGA kit in it. So uh, I go type I'll go backwards. It's uh, yeah. What I'm typing comes up on the screen there, and uh, yeah, it's I, I, I've got a, a white screen set up behind me, um, and I didn't have enough time before the show to fine tune the camera and, and calibrate everything, so it's it's rather snowy. But when I looked at it, I thought that actually looks. It actually looks cool. good. It's got kind of a retro graded look to it. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's going through one of those really dodgy antenna TV switches that we all used to have. Yeah, and you flick it and you get this snowy picture <laughs> out of the RF converter. So. Uh, so yeah, but it works. It works great with, with the cocoa. Yeah. Wait, stretch out your arm. The picture's perfect now. Stay like that. Yeah, you can. Don't move. Don't move. Yeah, remember the old days? You had the adjust the rabbit and the rabbit ears antennas. Yeah, you had to oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. put it on your yeah, roof yeah, or gotcha. something. And it's usually when you were touching it, like your body became a conductor that that boosted the signal. And then your parents yeah. like, all right, just stand there. Don't move. Yeah. Don't move. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, you can have I, supper I after the news is over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think it needs some aluminum foil on it. Yeah, got some flags, aluminum mm-hmm. foil flags. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I can actually go in if I uh, press the buttons on the back too. I can change the color scheme back to the standard. I had it on that at the start of the show, but it was just a little garish. So I just uh, and I can do that with any of the other you know, Coco BGA yeah. mods. And you have lowercase uh, too. Yes, I've got lowercase nice. on an original uh, F board Coco one. So uh, it's a beauty. It's a beauty, mate. So yeah. Yeah. So if we ever need to do any, you know, demos of games or software or anything, I can uh, I can actually use a real Cocoa and, and share it directly to Zoom. That's great. Mm. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> now, will all the game demos have your head on, at the side of the screen, too? Oh, I can turn that off. I can make the head just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's my update. All right, cool. Thanks for sharing. John, uh, John Mark Mobley in chat is mentioning you, you can demo Tandy list maps. Do you know what he's talking about exactly? There, we uh, possibly. I'm not sure, John. I don't know if you want to join us on the Zoom call and further elaborate. Oh, wait, Brian's waving. Does he have a Brian Weasler? No, Brian Schubring. No, just saying adios. I got oh. you going. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were saying that you knew what we were yeah. talking about. No. <laughs> well, go ahead. My ears are always ringed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, later, guys. Don't get later. Lord Dragon. Yep, yep. How about we go ahead and we'll get to Lord Dragon and everybody else can uh, can come in after that. So, Lord. All right. Are you going to screen share with us or are you just going to kind of tell us what you got going on? Uh, well, I, I can kind of tell you. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to do a demo. I could use my phone and um, connect with the Zoom app and then kind of point it at the Coco because um, some of the functionality is uh, Coco SDC native stuff. And um, like, there's really no way to emulate that on a computer. So it's kind of real hardware or, or nothing for that. Um, I can at least kind of tell you um, what, what's been going on with that. I've been adding some new commands and new functionality. Um, but the biggest news is I actually copied a file, which is kind of important for disk utility. Um, Cause I've been just getting, getting, getting sidetracked with uh, features, you know, Oh, Hey, I want to add this command and wow, maybe I can, you know, support uh, this device and that device. And, uh, but I, I co- successfully copied a file uh, from an OS nine, floppy disk to an RS-DOS floppy disk. Okay. And, uh, you know, it didn't uh, create a micro, micro singularity or any crazy thing like that. So, <laughs> oh, great. Um, so, I, yep, so the, at least uh, going from OS 9 to RS-DOS uh, copy is working. Uh, and then some of the features I've been adding is you can kind of customize the step rate for uh, floppy access. So, um Instead of a default of thirty milliseconds, you can you can put in a twenty or twelve or the max is uh, six, which pretty much all drives do um, according to what you guys were telling me the other day. So um, so now you can you can choose that to your liking. So I got that. Uh, you can also um, choose uh, what slot you uh, in the multi-pack interface you want stuff to talk to. Um, because before I just kind of assumed your floppy controller would be, you know, in the usual slot four, and then your Coco SDC would be in slot th- uh, slot one. But other people may have a, a different configuration. Maybe their Coco SDC is in slot three, 
Uh, so this this new command I added, you can you can choose whatever you want, and I think you can actually even have the floppy disk controller in a slot other than four, because I don't think there's any hardware reason that it needs to be in four. Um, maybe one of you guys can correct me on that. But um, so I added that command, and um, also I've got some native uh, Coco SDC commands where you can. Uh, list the directory structure uh, on your SD card. Let's say you wanted to mount a disk image, but you weren't sure exactly what directory it was in or what exactly it was called. You can you can do a directory, and instead of like navigating through file system on your disk, you can actually navigate the file system um, on uh, on the SDC uh, you know SD card. Yeah, oh, wow. And you can inject you can eject the the, uh, the disk image uh, or mount a new one. Um, you can delete a file, pre- pretty much all the stuff that's built into the SDC's, um, you know, features, um, uh, at some point I'll, I'll support. Um, so you can do that. Um, what else? What else? Uh, looking, looking. What, what are the requirements to run your program though? Is it a Coco three only base program or does it work? Right, on Co- right Co- now it's Coco three only really only because, um, that's as far as I've gotten with the screen stuff is um, I'm using a high res 80 mm-hmm. display. So, uh, but there's really no reason it couldn't run on a Coco too. Uh, and I do plan to support that at some point, but okay. uh, one step at a time. So I, I got that, got that in there. When do you think it'll be available? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so I've got file copy partially working now. Um, so I, I'd say maybe I'm like, 50% through. Uh, I still kind of have to do um, the functionality to go from uh, RS-DOS disk um, and writing to OS9 uh, and then as well, you know, OS9, OS9, RS-DOS to RS-DOS. So there's still a lot of work to do, but um, I'm hoping maybe in a couple of months I'm going to be probably moving soon. So things might get a little busy for me, but on the bright side, I'll have more room, so I can actually have a whole room devoted to retro stuff. And are you uh, just moving to, in town, or are you coming out yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, a couple couple of towns over. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'll I'll have more space, so I'll actually um, I'll actually have my my Coco three in a spot where I can sit down and like be comfortable and just play around instead of um, as it is right now. I have to sort of write my code on my PC, compile it, and then I got to run to the other side of the room to test it on the Coco and then back and forth because it's just, I'm limited on space. But, uh, um, but yeah, so the, there's that. Um, what else? Um, just minor things like uh, an expanded directory listing in RS-DOS. So you can, um, uh, it doesn't really give you much more information. It's just colorful, so... Uh, and I'm actually putting together a video that I'm going to post at some point, uh, maybe tonight, that um, has some actual footage of me testing some of this stuff, as well as kind of a little introduction, because I think some people might not know 100% what this is, because they've seen screenshots and maybe videos, and some people are like, oh, wow, that's cool, that's Nitrous 09. And it's like, nope, that's not. Um, and other people think it's my own program, but something running in Nitrous 09, but uh, it's actually a completely separate thing. Um, so yeah, I kind of explain that a little bit better um, in this intro I'm doing. 
So cool. Where I'm at with that. So um, well, hopefully by next week that video will be ready and we can show it off on the show, or you can join us again to give us an update. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I I can definitely do that, and um, I uh, I should have kind of had that ready for today, but uh, no, that's fine. I know it's kind of boring listening to descriptions with no video. I mean, sometimes that's that's good enough. You're just running you're running down a list, so we're we're hearing it and it's right to the points, so and that's probably pretty good. And and it trend and and that way, people who are listening later, they're getting the same experience of of all of us right now, or those who listen to the podcast. That's so, true. That's true. <laughs> well, if there's any time at the end, maybe like I said, I can I can switch over to my phone and and you guys can ask me to try commands, or you can I can take requests or. Show okay. features that you're interested in or whatever, but that, you know, so uh, maybe we'll wait for your video. And that way, the video hopefully okay. will have a lot of that summarized and visualized for us. Do you so, have uh, a name, name down for it? Is it uh, Lord Dragon's <laughs> utility? Or <laughs> yeah, I actually mentioned that in the intro that I'm I'm going to do for this video that I I don't really have a name. The best I've come up with so far is RSO9 because you know I like that. RS that actually is that's good. It's OS9, but you know. Kind of simple, yeah. but that's that's the best I got so far. Yeah, great kid. Don't get cocky. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, Brian Weasler, have you collected anything new this week? Oh, a couple things, yes. Um, one that uh, got a surprising amount of uh, reaction from people. I think it just brought back a lot of memories for folks here, and uh, Mr. Steve York will probably appreciate this one, was the... Uh, the Zaxxon. Nice. Up on, up on cassette there, and uh, a lot of comments, a lot of likes on Facebook. And uh, matter of fact, I got it running in the background here over my shoulder here, just in the demo mode. I actually loaded it off of uh, off the cassette. Oh, that's the one with the nice graphic screen. Instead of it being the font, it has the graphic. Yeah. So it, uh, it plays colors are backwards. And, uh, that's the only thing. The colors <laughs> backwards colors. The, yeah. your, your artifacts are. <laughs> so, but. Um, Oops, and this is your new capture card that we showed a little sample video from last week too. Your pinnacle thing or whatever. Yep, yeah, that's that's the pinnacle there. I got it plugged into the. I got a little Y splitter on my Cocoa Three, and uh, I got the you know, composite going it in. So I don't have the audio hooked up to it right now. I guess I do, but that way I could keep talking here. So yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, matter of fact, I think and maybe I probably shouldn't have, but I think that might have been the first time it was ever loaded. I think this thing was completely brand new. Wow, pristine! But, uh, after setting the package, it uh, loaded up just fine. So I've had fun, uh, fun messing around with that one. Um, another thing that I got, and the only reason why I picked it up is I, I did have one of the, uh, the pads, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't have one of the original pins. And this one came with the pen there, and uh, yeah, I think you, did, did, you you made a comment that you were going to order something off it. I did, I did, because when I saw you had the pen, my first thought was, well, that might be an interesting project for somebody just to 3D print that pen. But then I started looking to see how much would it cost just to buy one on uh, Amazon or whatever. So I bought them for a dollar. The only problem is I didn't realize it was it was not an Amazon Prime thing. So I'm assuming it's coming from China and it's taking the slow boat because it's it's anticipated to be here sometime by the end of November. Um, for a, uh, <laughs> But basically what I looked for was just a resistive uh, touchscreen stylus. So like the Nintendo DS had the same sure. things too. You can get those things really cheap, but they're small. I wanted mm-hmm. a more full size writing pen one, but it's basically a stylus designed for a resistive um, touchscreen, not a capacitive one like we have on our phones. Um, 
So it'd be an easy enough thing to produce, I would think. And and I'm hoping when I get it, if it's good and they're cheap, then you know maybe we we should source that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who have these koala pads without the stylus, and we got to find a cheap place to get these pens. You know. There you go. Did you say that at end of November? End of November. Yes. Wow. So they sent it on a sailboat. They didn't even bother with a powered boat for you. No, no, no. <laughs> Did they specify which year? <laughs> 2020. You wouldn't. You wouldn't a rowboat. It was just a canoe with a single paddle. Canoe yeah. <laughs> without a paddle. It's up Ships Creek without a paddle, right? So <laughs> that they strapped it onto a goldfish and just threw it in the ocean, and hopefully you'll make it over there sometime. So. Or threw it in a bottle or something. No, no. What they do is they throw this in the back of one of the containers. They put the container on the bottom of the ship and it takes that long to eventually get the product off the ship (laughs) i just had a thought maybe we could uh, if we do make some of these through a 3d printing maybe we could have like a uh, commemorative uh uh fest one for next year yeah yeah but you just you gotta wonder how much time and money does it take to 3d print that pen you know when it's such a simple thing it's it's just a dumb plastic device there's no electronics to it it's just really pushing down on the surface of mm-hmm. the of the pad um but it would be cool if you can get some custom ones and maybe different colors get one like in a nuclear green uh you know things like that it'd be kind of cool sure. get, get one in all the nine shades of the cocoa uh one well if you're if you're trying to get the thing by uh cocoa fest you better order now yeah right <laughs> Well, the only other thing I had was is that uh, um, after going through, I, um, I did not have all of the rainbow. And uh, towards the end of the, the printing there, I didn't have uh, the year 1890. And somebody was 1890? Did you say 1890? <laughs> 1990. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I picked up uh, the year 1990. So a person had this out on uh, eBay there. So. And, What's kind of interesting, they're all individually wrapped in cellophane. So wow, that's a collector. Not, well, not, not original from the uh, factory, that way. I presume must have did it just to keep them yeah. protected. So, so I'm getting closer. I don't have the early, early issues, and I don't have some of the... I got 191 issue and i'm not sure how far they went up to hey i'm not sure what microphone you're coming through i don't think we're coming through your headset mike because you sound like you might be coming through a laptop microphone or something because your audio is real muddy yeah, how's, to, how's that? Is yeah. that better? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. 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 Can you start over yeah. from the beginning now? I wasn't sure how far did the, uh, did the rainbow go into 91. Was it uh, about the middle of the year? Or did they go all, all the way through 91? On, on, I don't know. Did they go to 92 with the newspaper version? I can't no, remember. I think it was 91. Okay. So, yep, working on uh, no, getting, 92. Yeah, getting a complete set there. So, I'll be adding that to my... Uh, to my library of uh, magazines over here. So, yeah. That's all I got. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Who else is on the call? We heard from Lord 93 was the last issue of Rainbow. Okay. 93, wow. John Mark Mobley of Glenside Color Computer, the, the newly elected vice president of the Glenside Color Computer Club. You're muted, John, but uh, John, are you with us? John Mark. Okay. Well, when he when when John, if you can hear us, when you can figure out how to unmute yourself, just chime in. Um, yeah, okay. I think we go. John, do you hear us? Yes, I hear you. 
Okay, you're coming in somewhat quiet, but... Um, yeah, I guess I don't have a very good microphone. Okay, well, I can hear you. So what were you going to suggest about... You said something about showing off the map on the Tandy list? Well, uh, Tandy list has a map feature that shows where everybody lives. Uh, you can even zoom down to the street level and, and have a look at their house if you want to, although... For security reasons, you might not want to do that. I would say uh, extremely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but whenever we're planning a picnic or something like that, um, we can um, invite people that live within like a 60-mile radius of the picnic and things like that. Um, and uh, we can see where people live. Um uh, we can see how good a location Tandy Assembly is for where people live and things like that. Yep, yeah, I'm zooming out right now. Look at this. We There are Cocoa people all over the freaking world. Now you got me looking out my window to see if anybody's uh, yeah. looking so, in on my so, address. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about showing off people's names and stuff, so that's a little bit of a privacy concern. But, yeah, that is that is pretty interesting to see all those pins on the map. Yeah, um, how do you get on the how do you get on the map? Is that for people who are members of the? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're a member of Glenside, which you can be for for only fifteen dollars, uh, you go to tandylist.com and you can register to become a member, um, and then you can get on the map. Um, and you have all kinds of other benefits, cool. like getting a cool newsletter every quarter. <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Um, so, so John, so this is open to. Obviously, obviously, this is international because there was international dots all over that. Map, oh yeah, so. oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, John Mark has been the editor of the newsletter for for quite some time. So I am I have I'm now having the baton passed to me, and it's uh, it's you know it's it's a duty that I don't want to take lightly. Um, so I want to thank John for trusting me with this and for handing me you know a, ver- a really well produced newsletter that I just kind of polished off this month. So thanks for that, John. Hopefully I didn't let you down. Oh, you did wonderful. Ah, thank you. You're too kind. Um, so, yeah, so there there are a few things that I, you know, obviously we want to maybe add a little tiny bit of spice to the newsletter. But something else, too, that I want to try to uh, implement, which is just using a slightly better way to send out the newsletter. So I, I, I use MailChimp, which is just an email marketing tool. And instead of me sending the email just from my inbox to everybody else, there's privacy concerns there, too, when you have everybody's email address in the two box. You know, so I'm trying to make this a little bit more modern, and a little bit more secure. I think there might be some glitches along the way, like some people might not have gotten the newsletter because whatever they had for their primary address was not valid. So I'm going to have to dig into that. I'm going to have to reach out to Randy Weaver uh, a little bit and try to coordinate um, I don't know if we're going to have the ability of a real-time connector to have MailChimp talk to the TandyList database or if maybe TandyList has this ability. But this was my first attempt to just to try to use a different tool to send it out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably 95% everybody got it, but I've heard one or two people, I think uh, even you, Mark Overholzer, you said you didn't get it, right? So I will have to check that. I'll have to cross-reference that, and we, we will definitely look at that. 
But, I mean, basically, one option was to just copy and paste all the addresses from Tandy List and send them from my personal Gmail account, which would have been a lot more time-consuming. I just, I basically, I did an export and an import and then used a tool to send it out. So, uh, I don't know where things got lost in translation. So, we'll have to troubleshoot the ones that didn't get out. And I think I have a way to, to check all that as far as undeliverables or rejections and stuff. So, uh, we'll get to the bottom of that mystery. Um, check your spam folder. Check your spam folder too. Um, see if it's there. I don't know if you've already done that, Mark. Mark D. Overholzer. Uh, anything else you want to update us on what's going on with you, John Mark, and projects you're working on, or any Glenside juicy gossip to share? Um. Well. Um. I mean, I've I've got a little bit of free time now that I'm not worried about the newsletters. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm still going to be harassing you, so <laughs> bugging you. This may be worse now. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. We've got a new president. Uh, we've got a new new meeting place for the Cocoa Fest. Um, new meeting time for the Glenside meetings now too. They're now meeting on the third Thursday instead of the second Thursday. Oh yeah, that's right. Changes in the air. Yeah. Um, and I guess they're they're still deciding what to do about uh, supper at the Cocoa Fest. Um, I it it seems like it's going to be more expensive than it was last year. Um, and um, we'll figure it out. Yeah, these are small. These are small challenges. We'll figure it out. Um, it's, I, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm somewhat still somewhat new. I'm a newcomer. This will be, I think my fifth Cocoa Fest. So I've missed out on 21 prior, but I'm glad to be along for the ride now. And it's been, it's been exciting for me each year to see the event grow. Um, you know, and it seems like the, hopefully this, this 2020 is going to be the biggest one yet in the past five years. So we're all looking forward to that. We're brainstorming on ideas on things to do to make it more exciting, get people more involved. So, Mark, what was your first computer? John Mark? Oh. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I the first computer I actually owned was a Pocket Computer 3. Um I I started working with the Model 1 in the store. I would I would walk to Radio Shack and play with the in-store models. Mm-hmm. And uh and then my friend got a cocoa, and my school got an Apple II, something another, and then I got a Pocket Computer Three, a PC Three, and then I got a Coco Two, are you going over lists or is just pulling this out of your thin air right now? <laughs> pulling it out of thin air, yeah. <laughs> So, so a pocket computer was your first computer. That's cool. I can't even imagine. I mean, it's hard enough using the crappy Cocoa keyboard. I can't imagine using a freaking calculator keyboard to type on. Um, <laughs> and a I one- think it had 2K of RAM. Wow. Hmm. Uh, anybody else have any project updates, acquisitions, stories to tell, things to share, embarrassing moments, uh, anything of that nature? No, no, no. 
Well, so I, what, one of the things that we want to try to hopefully do is uh, we have people who want to join the call, but I don't know who the hell you are. Um, so yeah, we have a couple of people out there who want to join the the call. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be cautious and say probably not since we're on a live program here. Um, it seems somewhat trollish in nature. Um, so I think what we want what we're always want to try to do is we want to raise obviously raise awareness of the cocoa and the community, but even more now we want to raise awareness of of the upcoming cocoa fest this year, and of future episodes of the Glenside newsletter, which is just another extension of our way to to uh, provide content um, and uh, stuff for the community, right? So the newsletter has been 39 years now, John Mark? Um, 1985. It's been a long time. Um, I don't know exactly how long it's been, but yeah. All right, so I can't do the math, but the 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 front page of the newsletter says that the Coco One Two Three has been a publication of Glenside since 1985. So do the math. That's how long the newsletter has been around, which means that Glenside's been around at least that long too. So that's something worth um, you know celebrating. And I just hope that more people will want, maybe want to contribute information and articles and ideas for future newsletters. Um, I did mention before that, you know, I really can't take too much credit for this one because you handed me a, a basically a completed newsletter that just needed some formatting. Um, and then there was also a lot of collaboration back and forth as I was sending this off for approval, things that needed to be corrected, you know, typos or spelling or information updates. And so it was very collaborative just getting this practically finished product um to the finish line and so moving forward i'm going to have to be doing this from scratch so i'm definitely going to be looking forward to the help of everyone and looking for content you know it was great that john mark had the uh segment on the picnic and and salvador had the segment on vcf midwest but it'd be great to have more things to include in the newsletter so hopefully we can um kind of flesh out the content over time as well there's there's because it's not being printed there's no restriction on how, how big it can be it could this one was 16 pages it could be 100 pages if it had to be if we had that much content and it's it's digital doesn't cost anything boom let's 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 get this newsletter going right um and let's continue to brainstorm on ideas to make this year's coco fest the biggest and best one in in history right um I'll get off the soapbox now. Uh, anyone else have anything they want to update us with? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Uh, the only thing I had, maybe that I just wanted to kind of share, is that uh, I had bought uh, bought this off of eBay. Uh, it was the uh, H uh, HDS color computer controller, uh, hard drive controller, okay. or a floppy drive controller. Uh, actually, Jason uh, had been selling this on there. I picked it up and I made an inquiry on Facebook if there was a manual, and uh, Jason must have been digging around in his archives and he found the manual. Okay. And uh, so I went ahead and scanned it and I uploaded this to the archive because there was people trying to find this. Uh, so if you do happen to have one of these controllers, I did put this up into the archive, the uh, the hard drive controller, this H HDS one, hard drive specialist. So, so hmm. I mentioned that that's out there. If anybody, there was a few people uh, I can't. Uh, maybe I should go back and look at the Facebook post, and I could update the post for anybody that uh, that had that. So, so if anybody's looking for that, so. And I also picked up a additional quality game. Or white game. Ooh, crikey! 
<laughs> so, okay, that's all I got. Cool. Anybody else got anything they want to update us to this week? Things you've been working on, things you're thinking about working on. You might want to update us on the numbers, Steve. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you, Grant. Thanks for doing that. All right, so so uh, Grant and I um, were talking last night in the in Discord. And he asked me a question. He goes, you know, how have the show's been doing? And I, I really hadn't been looking at the numbers that closely. So I started kind of going through and scrolling backwards and stuff. And in our show here, our humble little show, and since John Mark is here and um, and uh, Brian Schubing was here either, you know, the Coco Talk started uh, as a spontaneous way to talk about Coco Fest. We were excited about Coco Fest. I think it was Coco Fest 26 in 2017 and and so a few weeks before that um coco fest was about to happen is when we started this show it was because i always look at like the week like the month before coco fest is kind of like christmas eve you know it's like december everybody's excited all month long because you know christmas is going to happen you have that tingly spirit feeling so you know leading up to coco fest is kind of like our christmas eve so we were all excited we just started talking about oh man isn't coco fest going to be great this year and what are we going to see what do we want to see what do we hope we see and that's kind of how coco talk started and and you know going on you know three years ago now um and nobody ever expected that we'd still be doing this show every week. I never thought we would have something to talk about on a weekly basis, but our show obviously was inspired by Coco Fest. Um, and, and, but so, so we were talking about, well, how, how, how has it been doing? And um, so I was looking it up. So it's basically all of 2019, our numbers have been um, growing and consistent. You know, it used to be a year ago, we would have a dozen people watch us live, maybe 16, 18 people, um, 24 people would be good. You know, today, right now, we have 35 people watching us live. We've averaged 30 people live the entire show. So we've, you know, you know, 20 to 40% increase on our live viewership this year has been pretty consistent. Um, another good number is like, I, I, I think of it as like the opening box office of the weekend that the show airs. And so if we get 100 views uh, within 24 hours, that's, that's to me as a good indicator too. And that's been happening very consistently for months and months and months now where we have, we'll have 60 to 80 views uh, while the show is live. And by the end of the day, there's been 100 views on the show. That's pretty consistent. And that's growth um, that's been consistent all throughout 2019. And we started looking at the old episodes and how many views we've been getting. We're, we're consistently all year been getting about 200 views on the YouTube um, things, which is an, an increase over the past. And, and in our our podcast downloads have increased. We used to average about, we, we kind of got into a groove where it was about 1,000 downloads per month. We're now to about 1,400 downloads per month. So the live viewership has grown and remained consistent. Um, the, the, the replays have grown and remain consistent and, um, you know, or, you know, pretty predictable. It's not like a, not like random spikes. It's been pretty, um, things. So, so 2019 has been a great year for this show as far as just having an increase in, in viewership. And so I'm very happy, um, that that's happened. Right. And so we, we do this show for the community and the community is, consuming the show so i want to say this thank you uh everybody right so everybody who's been watching the show thank you and for all you guys who come together every week to help us provide the show thank you you are all too kind right um 
so yeah, it's been good, right? Thanks for reminding me on that, Grant. Oh, yeah, hey, no hey, guess guess what I just found out. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I, I can't believe we're in the Guinness Book of World Records. We are, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we are the longest dumpster fire. <laughs> wow. Congratulations to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the flame alive. <laughs> yes. So, um, no, so that's cool. Because honestly, I hadn't really been looking at the numbers that much. You know, what is that picture there, Ron? Is that Ron Delvo on a smartphone? Yeah. Um, and, and I haven't even counted the Facebook views, you know, so it's like I don't even know. It's But uh, just between YouTube and podcast, this year has been significantly increased over last year. And it's been consistent and it's been growing. It's not been sporadic. It's been very consistent, good, um, good viewer consumption. So thanks, guys, for watching. So I want to say thank you. And we're sorry. Right. So. <laughs> well, I say thank you. It's good to hear that people are liking to you know tune in and, and warm their hands by the dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, yeah. I'd say well, thank good. you to Stevie and uh, and everybody else that helped us make this show. That we should all give uh, Stevie and everybody around a applause there because it's really yeah. uh, it's, it's no, really absolutely. a team effort. But Stevie, thank you for all I, you I, do. I, I've been patting myself on the back so long I have a cramp now. I can't reach here now. So. <laughs> Um, but why do we do what we do? We do it because we love this crazy machine. We're not doing it for our own personal glory. We're doing it for the glory of the cocoa, right? And that's what it should be all about. So, for the glory of the cocoa, the glory of the cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> Retro innovation says, "Let's all have a group hug," right? So, uh, kumbaya, kumbaya. And to be, on, and to be honest, cool. <laughs> and to be honest, friendships have developed too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. So I mean, Definitely. it's it's we're all like minded people. We're all we've a lot of us feel like we finally found our tribe. So it's a really nice. Uh, yeah, and actually, while we're giving shout outs, since we've been having some trolling problems late in the show today on on the YouTube chat and and some of the other chats here, thanks to Nick for helping police all that. Nick and Rhoda. Oh, you're welcome. And Mark Overholz. Yeah, we have some people. Uh, um, moderating our chat, we're getting some we're getting some rowdy people out there in the chat right now, just demanding some attention. So, um, Steve, how do you know they're bad? Like, do they have a name of, of like uh, uh, Die Steve Die or something? <laughs> uh, it's just the comments that are taking place in here. Uh, Steve Rasmussen says, "Howdy from Iowa." Hey, and Matchy's holding up a flame for you. Uh, <laughs> Retro Innovation says, "I am not." A like-minded person. <laughs> That's good. All right. A like-minded so person. <laughs> we are going to um, we are going to roll the uh, the closing credits, and then we'll come back with parting thoughts. These will not be deep thoughts. These are not deep thoughts with or cocoa thoughts with Have they Samuel ever Guys. Been deep thoughts no, here? never, never. You know, it's so <laughs> funny. Channel, I believe is a I, w- I was um, so I was listening to. I had a lot of road time this morning, so I was listening to last week's show on the ride home, and we got to the part where we were talking about um, we were talking about the Boulder Dash game, and I go, man, I, I really don't understand that game, Boulder Dash. It's just too cerebral for. Me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I say the stupidest things. It's just <laughs> I can I can vouch for that. Yes. All right. Well, that's what I said after you master chess. Yes, yes. And yeah, Nick Marotta is always quick with the uh, with the with the witty retorts there. So that's the witticisms. Yes. All right. His his uh, his Marotaisms. Yes. All right. So we're gonna play the outro. We'll come back with parting thoughts after these words. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop. Cause Coco Talk is rocking the A-Bit World! Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-Bit World! Keeping the tanny flame alive We may be mocked, but we'll never stop Cause Coco Talk is rocking the A-Bit world Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Stegney, Nick Marota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Mixed, mastered, and produced by DeBruce. Okay, like we have, we've got DeBoss. We've also got DeBruce. Uh, DeBruce Moore. Uh, in the live chat today, we've had a lot of people, including Curtis Boyle and Rob Inman and Mark Overholzer and Tim Franklin and Nick Marota and Al Hartman from Jersey and Tom C. from Jersey. And uh, Ben Drakes, our VR guy. And DeBruce Moore was in the live chat. And who else was it? Jason Downs was talking about he was visiting the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. He's supposed to send us pictures, said he had some problems sending us pictures, tried sending them to Facebook. I don't know where those pictures ever ended up. Uh, Rob Inman, Tim Franklin, Jason Downs. Um, I've seen them on Facebook. Okay, I didn't find them. Nick Marota was in the live chat. Amigos Retro Gaming stopped by, said, hey, gang, better late than never. Retro Innovations has been here for quite some time. Paul Fiscarelli stopped in and said, yo, how you doing? Um, <laughs> we had Fred Dufas. De- Fred Dufas or Fred Dufas was on Facebook. 
Uh, Jason Downs, Mark D. Overholzer, a lot of Fred Dufoss stuff, Rob Inman, uh, Ben Drakes uh, was commenting on the Dragon game, says, I had not seen those games in action before. Thanks, Curtis. Dragon Bites was here, who's here now, right? And Dragon Bites and Chicken Nuggets. We got a lot of interesting, uh, let's just say, <laughs> new viewers to the show today. So Chicken Nuggets was one of them. <laughs> uh, do we have filet o fish we do also not. in the chat? Uh, They're probably new to having functioning brain stems. Too, right? And then we had Helen <laughs> Farr that said, hey, bro, I'm not Think Noodles. Okay, thanks for sharing. Uh, <laughs> retro Innovations and Dragon Bites and Jason Downs and Dragon Bites and Matchy was here. John Mark Mobley was here. Al Hartman. Uh, Captain Keon, which who I had to remove after a while because he was just getting out of control. Uh, Nigel Felix had to be removed, and so did Gregor Gray. We just have some trolls coming in here today, but thanks for trolling, guys. Uh, Obviously, Steve, your numbers are up if we're yeah. getting trolls. Again. Oh, yeah. That goes uh, with our popularity, yeah. yep. <laughs> yep. Steve Rasmussen was here, and Nick Morota, and Retro Innovations, and Brent Ben Drake saying, great show guy. Tim Franklin saying, don't forget to mention the troll that's right, that's right. And still with us on the live panel, Mark D. Overholzer, L. Curtis Boyle, David O'Connor, Ron Delvo, John Mark Mobley, Brian Weasler, Mark Bosley, and Lord Dragon, and Jason Reichard, and Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta, and Chet Simpson. Thanks for your gaming update today, giving us, a, giving us something to talk about for a change. That was great. Some actual content for a change. Um, Grant Leakey was here. Richard Lorbieski was here. We had Brian the Music Man on earlier. Uh, Jim, Jim just posted a new copyright notice in the chat. Um, so. And uh, Steve Bjork was on earlier. Um, and Charlotte just popped in. And <laughs> Jim says, trolling, copyright 2019, retro innovations, all rights reserved. Right. So for all would-be trolls, take a note from the playbook of retro innovations. And, and you got to do trolling right. Right. So, um, uh, all right. right at home. Parting thoughts. Anybody have any final words here? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Well, wouldn't it be cool if we could type to each other on our Cocos when we're doing this show? That would be cool. That would be, cool. That would be awesome. That would be something in the future. Well, we like need to work on that. Up in the background. Have it coming up in the oh. background behind me. <laughs> yeah. I do have one final thought for today. Final thought from Jason Reichard, boys and girls. Pay attention. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Rar. He's on my he's he's on my lap right at the moment, aren't you, puss? Yes. I, I have one yeah, final I find that retro like... innovations comment is very uh it's very not PC. The middle aged wealth fed. What the hell does he mean by that? Um <laughs> now uh, this slideshow is overwhelming. I take a fist to that retro innovations. Hmm. That's what nice I, I call it software that. developers physique. Innovation. <laughs> we train hard for that. Yes, I find that whole thing to be very sophomoric, if you ask me. So um, <laughs> he's just—he's just, just overwhelmed by his warranty return. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to press the button. I think. Th so again, I want to well, say I have, I have one final thought. I oh Jesus to Christ! Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. um, Jesus I think we should him? set up. We should set up a schedule for a uh, Discord event where we a bunch of us can get together to discuss some things to plan for the Cocoa Fest. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like an official date and time, maybe a week or two ahead, so we give people time to you know, yes. give times that they're available, and we should actually do something so we can get this ball rolling. 
That and can we set up a totally new uh, uh, a new Discord channel for that? Because yes. yes. we need that, right? We need a new yeah, Discord we, channel for that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, have we'll need the sub branches. You'll need one for the Canadian people, one for the Australian people, hey. one for the Americans. <laughs> so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, guys, before we go, can we have an in-depth discussion about the favorite colors of Ed Snyder's keyboards? We could. We could. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, I I'd like. I like the blue keys. Um, mm. Yeah, the blue's nice, but. Yeah. I like big butts, I like and I cannot lie. Yes, uh, she'll be invited to this event. Shouldn't we just take this over to the Discord channel? Yes, uh, we're going to take this. Why you are wrong? Yes, yes. Can, can we? Uh, are we going to? Are we going to have impeachment proceedings against the newsletter editor? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, there allegations that he was right co- he was uh, he was uh, conspiring with Commodore sixty four people? Yeah, it yeah, could be. So. We have to do it in secret. Yeah. yeah. A photo surfaced of him with the eight bit guy, so something something's going yeah. on. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna press the button. Episode. Yeah. We're Can gonna press the button on the live stream. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. It's just get uh, good. Adios. Adios. See you next week. Uh, Thanks, guys. We're, uh, we're pressing the button. Bye bye, everybody. Fire.